0: Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and 38 special on Rock 102. It's going to be a pretty nice day today. A mixture of sun and clouds, a high of 43 tonight. Cloudy, mostly cloudy, rather than a low of 40 and for tomorrow. Cloudy and then get a little of this high temperature. 57 for a high tomorrow. It's about 10 degrees right now at downtown Springfield. Steve Nagel has the day off. Dave Kuhlman from Laser 99.3 will be joining me in just a little while. Got a uh, bunch of stuff coming up today, including uh, we're talking to author Justin Spitzman. He's got the uh, brand-new book out called Coach, The Greatest Teachers in Sports and Lessons for Us All. That's coming up after uh, 8 o'clock this morning. And we got more stuff, too. It's 5.36 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.54. And
1: Eddie Money on Rock 102. Good morning. Uh, I'm Dave because... Apparently, Steve is ill today, so yep. it's just the two of us, I guess. Right? So it's you and
0: me, Dave from Dave, uh, Dave from uh, Laser 993 and uh, again, Dave. Uh, Steve will probably be back uh, tomorrow.
1: All right. Can I just say that you know I was over at Laser a couple of minutes ago. It's like negative eight in the studio over there. I don't know what it is outside, maybe about 13 degrees here in East Long Meadow or something like that. They're saying 10. 10. It feels like 10. Beautiful. Over in the Laser Studio, it's definitely sub-zero right now. I don't know what... Kind of comfortable in here, though, right? It's beautiful in here. I feel and... like you can take your shirt off or maybe, you know go barefoot. There's going to be no Antonio Browning here in the studio today. Oh, thank goodness uh, for that. We're going to have highs in the mid-40s today, by the way, and also mid to high 50s tomorrow and Friday. So we got that going for us. Hey, What do you say? We hop in into some Hollywood trash with Dave Coons from Laser 99.3 and we're all going to do. All right, so the Oscars are coming up, appropriately enough, with this music we're playing. Right. Does anyone care anymore about the Academy Awards? I don't care about any uh, award show anymore. Have you seen any of the. Ten movies that have no. been nominated. for no. Like, but that's always the case. I think. I mean, I've never seen any of the movies that are nominated. Well, yeah, occasionally,
0: I'll see like maybe one or two that's been nominated mm-hmm. for a minor award. But right. this year, you know, I, I if it if it hasn't been on a streaming service, mm-hmm. pretty sure I haven't seen it.
1: Uh, you know, I, I'll order them up on the streaming service now simply because I don't know that I'll ever go back to a theater with all of the pandemic and all that kind of business. But I have seen. I did stream. Don't look up. Just because I thought, you know, yeah, I gotta watch this. Everyone's talking about it, and I was underwhelmed. I think you and I might have actually covered this ground on a show here yeah, on Rock One Hundred Two a we few did. weeks ago.
0: I, uh, I, 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 I kind of miss the theater experience. Yeah, so me I've, too. So I've done things like, you know, pour like uh, old soda on a hardwood floor, try to walk around. Yeah. Uh, you know, I pay for uh, overpriced concessions in my own
1: home just right. to get that that theater sense back. Invite a stranger in to ruin the plot of the movie for you by talking during yeah, the whole thing. That I, kind of... I'll,
0: I'll actually invite certain people to scream at my TV.
1: Yeah, that's a good deal. So anyway, I also watched half of Dune.
0: No, I couldn't. I Horrible. Could, I didn't. I, I couldn't watch the first Dune, you remember the one that had Sting in right? it many years ago. Right. Well, this
1: one supposedly was better according yeah, to all that's... the critics, and like I'm, I'm waiting for it to get better. I'm like, nope. I tried twice. Nope. Can't Can- do it. I'd
0: much rather watch a series, to be honest with you. I I get more engrossed by watching series now than I watch any kind of film.
1: Yeah, I'm watching something called Inventing Anna right now. Yep. With Anna Klumski. Remember her from My Girl years ago when she was a little girl with Dan Aykroyd? Well, she's all grown up and she's really good. She was in that series, Veep. Have you ever seen Veep before? Yeah. She's really good in that. And she's really good in this, actually, too. I've been, uh, we've been watching uh, Righteous Gemstones. With Danny McBride? Yeah, I know about it. I haven't seen it.
0: Typical Danny McBride stuff. All right. I mean, Danny McBride can only really play one role, mm-hmm. but he plays it so damn well that you don't mind the fact that there's a lot of repetition in what he does. Sure. And we also just finished uh, Ted Lasso, which I thought was fantastic.
1: I did, com- I did complete Ted Lasso.
0: Watched, yeah, I watched good. it just right before my one-year complimentary subscription to Apple
1: TV Plus is about to run out. So yeah, that's how you do things. That's th- how I do th- it. it. And. You can't help but watch that show and not smile at it. It's, you know, it's kind of goofy, but it's like it's endearing. It's one of those shows, especially in these days, you kind of need stuff like that, I think. Uh oh.
0: You may be right. Maybe these days, that's exactly what I need. These specific days (laughs) is exactly what I need.
1: Well, listen, I started off talking about the Oscars because, according to the Hollywood Reporter, they've announced the hosts for the 94th annual Oscars, which is out March 27th. It'll be Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer. And Amy Schumer was on Good Morning America yesterday saying, quote, geez, I better go watch some movies now.
0: I don't think that's a requirement. I don't think so either. I mean, someone's going to be writing material for her, so I think... She just has to read the cue
1: cards and she'll be good. Sure. Speaking of movies, the movie of Downton Abbey, the popular series. Right. uh, That's coming out. They've released the full trailer and a lot of people are down with that. Not me. I tried it a couple times. Didn't care for it. Uh, TV line also reporting that Showtime has renewed billions for a seventh season. That's like seven billion. Yeah, right. The current season uh, ongoing with Paul Giamatti and others. Haven't watched it. Been told to. Haven't. I haven't. I've seen a little bit of it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, there's a new box set featuring sections of Tom Petty's 20-night run at San Francisco's The Fillmore. It's being prepped for release. So for Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker fans, it's going to be nice stuff coming out. Was it The Fillmore with 20 straight nights? Yeah, 1997 is when Jesus. that occurred. Yes, right. I mean, you know, when do, when do you ever hear
0: that? I mean, you'll, uh, occasionally you'll hear of uh, certain artists. They'll add an extra date. Right but
1: 20 nights. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, the Almond brothers are famous for like what? Like a four-night run in New York City. And I I'm, I'm skipping out on the name of the The um, Fillmore East. Um, well, no? now there's, now there's they well they have played there, but Madison Square Guard. The Beacon, The, the Beacon. Beacon. I was gonna,
0: I was gonna say CBGB's next, but I think there's more people in the
1: band that there are that can fit in that building, <laughs> and stuff on the floor there, I'm sure too. Uh, and El- don't use the toilet. Elvis Costello and the Imposters have rolled out a 15-city North American summer run alongside Nick Lowe and Los Straightjackets. Yep. Actually, uh, that show
0: there, there's three New England appearances. One at Foxwoods on the 13th of August and the Leader Bank Pavilion in Boston on the 15th, and at the Pines Theater in Northampton on August 16th. Nick Lowe's not opening up every show, but he will be opening up for Elvis Costello in Northampton, which is very, very cool.
1: Look forward to that. And Keith Richards reuniting with his solo band, The Expensive Winos. They'll be playing at the Beacon Theater, which I just mentioned, March 10th, headlining the Love Rocks charity concert.
0: I don't even know what that uh, what that charity is.
1: I don't know either. And Ticketmaster. I'm not not even sure Keith couldn't remember. Yeah. Just point him in the right direction when it happens. Ticketmaster.com posting a tentative Paul McCartney show for May 24th in Hollywood, Florida. For those of you who are inclined to be interested in that.
0: But not. Uh, But not playing at say like Max Cap uh, or uh, it's not even Max Cap anymore. Not playing at Geraldine's. Look.
1: Ask. Too bad. Ask for the order. Who knows? That's enough Hollywood trash for now. We're bumping up on the top of the hour. We've got your sports next. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store.
0: Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember yesterday when I may or may not have downplayed the Celtics' eight-game winning streak as being a potential recipe for failure due to the high probability of an eight-game winning streak coming to an abrupt ending? Well, ignore everything that I may have said, you know, like you normally do, and allow me to reverse course and correct myself. Last night, the Boston Celtics didn't just beat the Philadelphia 76ers to extend their winning streak to nine games. They obliterated the 76ers, grabbing them by their meaty haunches and going to town with a stunning deluge of three-point shots and high shooting percentage. The result of which led to an astonishingly one-sided final score of 135 to 87. Now, I've done all the complicated math. That's a difference of 48 points, meaning that the Boston Celtics have become the first team in the NBA's 75-year history to win three straight road games by as many as 30 points or more. Things were so lopsided that at one point, the Celtics were as- were ahead by as many as 51 points, 56% shooting, and a franchise record of 27 three-point shots. The only downside was the deep ankle injury to Marcus Smart, who accidentally stepped in the foot of Philadelphia's Joel Embiid. But- Let's not lose focus here. Yes, ankle injuries are very painful, but they're not nearly as painful as facing the flesh-searing buzzsaw the Boston Celtics on national television and losing by 48 points at home for all the world to see. Now, the next victim on the menu is at home tonight against the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons are terrible. In fact, they're the worst team in the NBA, having only won 12 games this season, and they're on an eight-game losing streak. That can only mean bad things for the Detroit Pistons as they attempt to break that eight-game losing streak against a team that's playing like a bunch of bloodthirsty animals. I do not envy the Pistons coming into Boston tonight because for as much as I downplayed this winning streak 24 hours ago, I am now fully on board with this thing 150% because tonight is going to be a lot of laughs. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Elvis was the king of rock and roll. Rupert Pumpkin, the king of comedy. Aaron's is the king of snow. And Aaron's snowblower is unstoppable. Get that snow out of here. Get an Aaron's snowblower today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 13 and Joan Jett on Rock 102.
1: Uh, Checking the weather here. I think we're up to 11. No, actually, it says 14 degrees right now.
0: I got 12. Well, yeah. the, the, my Apple Watch is saying 12, and this one's rectal, so it's never wrong.
1: All right. Well, I've got just the good old-fashioned cell phone uh, weather channel app that I'm looking at here. And uh, by the way, it says we're going to have highs in the mid-40s for today, mid to high 50s tomorrow and Friday.
0: Dave Coombs from Laser993 is filling in for uh, for Steve. He'll hopefully be back uh, tomorrow. Yesterday, I had uh, my first covid era physical in person yeah you know, i did that like the telehealth one when sure. everybody was locked down and stuff oh yeah this is the first time uh face to face for the physical
1: okay and now, then maybe not just face to face but bending over as well did well, you yeah. have to do that is- i was gonna get to that because you know <laughs>
0: you know when i when i go for a physical mm-hmm. yeah you know, especially since uh the age of 40 on yep and I, you know, I realize that the tone of a physical changes as you age. You know, for those, for you people who are younger than forty, you may not, uh, you may, may not be ready for this. But if you're over forty, if you're over a certain age, you know, you know where I'm going with this. You know, you you you, you prepare yourself mm. mentally, right? Physically, yep. Uh, you know, you try to make yourself, uh, you know. You, you try to gussy yourself up a little bit. You want to make sure that uh, you know when it happens that you're not uh, doing anything that uh, would damage your relationship with your doctor. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Sure. And then kinda. You,
1: you're kind of listening to the doctor talk and you're waiting for that moment when he makes the transition from regular stuff into that area. Well, the last time that I went to, uh,
0: for a physical in his office, mm-hmm. he told me that uh, they no longer do the digital prostate exam. Hmm. But what they do now is they find that the blood test is actually more accurate in identifying prostate cancer than uh, the digital exam. In fact, he Boy. said... He quoted, That's great news, by the way. He, well, well, now wait a minute now. <laughs> he quoted that uh, they could only identify... Maybe no more than fifteen to twenty percent of prostate cancers by going in for the by going in for the uh, for the kill. And folks, you're so missing
1: you're missing the body language here from Bax when he says going in. I mean, he's got that hand going. Oh, I'm always
0: use, I'm always talking with my hands, and in this case, I've got two fingers extended <laughs> yes. and I'm pushing it right forward. <laughs> yes, you do. Just to give you the the understanding of where I'm going with this. So when that happened, uh, well, well, it would have been like two years ago. Mm-hmm you know there was a part of me that was like maybe disappointed you know is it me is it is it is it me that uh, he doesn't want to do this exam was i was i not fresh enough or was i i mean did i say something that may have uh, offset him not the case apparently that is the new policy but mm-hmm. you know again there's been so much upheaval in the medical field you just don't know you know what, what what was true two years ago may not be true two
1: years later. Maybe you weren't dressed appropriately. You know, did you think about that because you knew had, it, there was going to be like an exam like that? Did you have the appropriate clothing on? I, I mean, had, you're wearing your Marquette sweatshirt right now. Sure.
0: No, I I uh, I, I was wearing a nice a nice sweater, uh, some nice clean, uh, freshly pressed pants i had uh, good, good look fresh underwear yes uh, in fact I even changed them from after work just to be sure there was nothing that could be seen as All inappropriate right. i was ready to go because again who knows right who kn- these me- these medical types you know they uh they're only going with what they know right and like uh for example even like uh the line that that dictates obesity. Mm-hmm. Now there was once a time, Dave. You, I mean, you've known me for that long, but there was once a time when I was a strapping young buck, uh just you know, loaded with vim and vinegar. And I would, I literally, you should see me. I was just.
1: Cut like a diamond. And uh <laughs> And so you 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 graded out pretty well on the BMI chart, I yes, assume at that but point. But then as as the years went on, mm-hmm. the medical
0: community changed the line sure. of what was considered to be obese. Mm-hmm. So I went from being a real piece of ass to all of a sudden uh being a slovenly and disgusting uh middle-aged man. Now, and, a, and then, you know, it's like how can you how can you fight the
1: medical community? You can't. And I'm like, look, I'm listed as being obese. I'm a little thinner than you are, but I could definitely lose some weight. I am i don't think I'm obese, but according to the BMI chart, I'm obese. See, that's
0: exactly my point. Yep. Now, granted, uh, COVID has, in a way, uh, distracted me from eating right. It has, uh, has kept me from following certain uh, food standards that mm. would keep my BMI in a certain path i'm probably more bm now than i am bmi (laughs) too much bm not enough i right right. so i go to see my doctor yesterday we have a we have a wonderful discussion Mm -hmm. about my health my knee my afib uh, covid i mean all the things that i normally deal with we were having a simply delightful conversation Mm -hmm. and then he tells me uh then he tells me i i'm going to uh i'm going to have you do uh fasting blood work okay okay well he said we'll do everything we'll check a look at your uh your cholesterol we'll take a look at this thing that thing and then he says and we'll take a look at your prostate and i'm gone okay Mm -hmm. all right so that's the way it's gonna be huh that's you know i get all ready to go Oh, and, and now you're playing hard to get.
1: Big disappointment. Big it, letdown. Not,
0: I, don't, I don't want to say it's like a letdown, but you know you do get yourself prepared mentally for it, and yep. when it doesn't happen, right? It's not disappointment. It's just like, is that all there is? Does, drop has, has I, that what this relationship
1: has become. backs I say, drop that bastard. Move on. Get her. Find a new relationship.
0: Oh, listen, it's so hard to find a new doctor these days, especially yeah. around this area. You right. just you, you get a guy. You establish that relationship and you hold on to him like grim death. You just never let him go, even if he even if he retires. You know, this guy's going to retire at some point. I know that. And he's he's not that much older than me. And it's like he's going to go and then I'm going to be an elderly man searching the area
1: for a new a new GP. And, uh, you know, there is a sign that there's still magic between you from his perspective, because there's going to be another visit. Now, normally, he would have maybe ordered that blood work ahead of time so he could have had the results for this one visit. No, yeah. he is guaranteeing a second visit with you back. So there's there's hope for well, you, too. Well,
0: he does want a follow-up, and See? he wants
1: it four months from now. Okay. Hey,
0: whoever hears of a four-month follow-up, but yeah. I've got a four-month follow-up there with my go. doctor. Good but, sign. But again, it's it's all fasting blood work now. The the digital exam is a thing of the past, and if your doctor is still doing the digital exam and you don't like it, you feel like it's a personal violation, Mm -hmm. maybe you need to ask him, hey, there's got to be another way.
1: And check for video cameras that might be hidden, too. Absolutely. Now, uh,
0: so my feeling in the past has always been fasting blood work is the most inconvenient of blood work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... Well, again, with the line of obesity being obscured and moved, it's very hard for me to fast for more than just a couple of hours. Right. So I uh, go to the one and only lab on this side of the river that's open Mm -hmm. on a Saturday. Right. And no one is ever there. And then they tell me, yeah, we don't even need to give you a a, a slip. It's all computerized now. Mm -hmm. I just have to go give my name maybe show an ID, and boom, I'm uh, I'm having you know, vials of blood sucked from my system for the purposes
1: of keeping me alive. It's it's extra hard for us morning radio types, by the way, to go without food because, you know, we wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning to get ready for our jobs. Think about the immense number of hours that would have transpired since our last meals, and then if we have to go get tested later that morning, man, there's no food for like half a day or something Steve like that. Steve and
0: I were talking yesterday about how uh, you, you, Jenny and I went out for, uh, for dinner for Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. for 5 o'clock reservations. Now, right. again, that does sound like uh, like an elderly man who has to eat before you know, the blue plate special is expired. Early bird, yeah. Early bird special. Yep. Totally understand that. Right. So if I finish my meal at, say, like 525, mm-hmm. which would not be unusual, but could not <laughs> eat until I finish the show at 10. Right. And then had to drive all the way over to the lab. Yes. And you're talking from 5 p.m., to 11 p.m. Uh, 11 a.m. Impossible. We need our nourishment. I'm a man for yes. crying aloud. Right, I can't right. necessarily be uh, <laughs> expected to not eat something. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to go on a Saturday yep. and get it done that yep. way. Good so, idea. So, if all, if, so there's a rush. Everybody get out of my way because I will eat through the crust of the earth to get this accomplished quick <laughs> and fast. And when I mean fast, I mean. Out of the way, and mm-hmm. then I'm going out to breakfast. That's it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, it's like it's all it's all changed. Yeah, it's all changed now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have
1: that personal touch that I was so used to. Yeah, Touch being the key word there. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I I I didn't have that either last time I had a checkup, and same thing. You know, the blood work I think says it all these yeah. days. So yeah, and it's and there's a little touch of sadness that goes along with that too, in a way. You know, it's hard not to take some things personally. Right, especially during the pandemic when I've had very little uh contact with human beings <laughs> at all, yeah. you know. The only I mean, contact you've had is with yourself. Exactly right.
0: Again, you know, these medical changes. It's going to be something to get used to and it's only going to get worse. Only going to get worse. 624 on Rock 102.
1: It's 626 with Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 on Rock 102. We got teens right now for the highs, 13, 14 degrees. That's all we got right now in East Long Meadow. But we're going up to the, apparently the mid to high 40s for today. And then 50s for tomorrow and Friday might even hit 60 or might threaten 60. So instead of the joke of the day, very serious news item here, Bax. I just showed you a photograph of George Harrison, apparently alive and, and well, the former Beatle who passed away years ago man you think you know a guy yep right there inside an apple core as i showed you this picture yeah it does kind of look like uh it does look a little bit like george so but
0: that's but that's just like uh but that's just the apple seed right
1: uh i in the core i don't know it or maybe like it's george a, it, no i think it's george harrison himself there's a guy in england named mark thorne he's 42 years old he's had a lifelong obsession with the Beatles, and so he was shocked recently when his wife bit into an apple and there was george harrison right where the seed might be now I'll you be damned. you says it is you were saying it is the seed i'm not convinced i'm sure it's not the quiet beetle i'm sure it's
0: actually a, like a just an optical illusion yeah. kind of like when someone uh say you know pulls out like a like a cheeto and it looks like jesus you know right. it's like a very the the, the 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 chance of a jesus cheeto is actually quite slim
1: Well, listen, I'm not sure it's George Harrison. I think it might be like Todd Rundgren. No, Rundgren's got a very elongated head. Uh, Jim Morrison?
0: I don't know. You you put uh, Jim Morrison and George Harrison side by side, I think you'd be able to tell which one's which. That's definitely a George...
1: Yeah, I, you know, if you want, you can post this on the the Rock 102 yeah. Facebook page so people can check this out and play along.
0: Yeah, that's that's more I would say like a Rubber Soul era George yes. Harrison picture. Yeah, yes, yeah. for sure. You know, not not say like uh, you know, Abbey Road or, or even say like a Meet the Beatles era. Right. A little bit a little bit later.
1: Now, here's the the kicker to this whole thing. Mark Thorne, who I said is 42, his wife is the one that bit into the apple. He's the one who posted the picture. Online, and it's been picked up all over the world now by news organizations. He is planning to open a record store.
0: Imagine the odds? The odds! Gee, that's... In- imagine the odds! Imagine the odds of that. Somebody check, make sure he doesn't have Photoshop on <laughs> his phone. Exactly right. It's 629. News is next to Rock 102.
1: It's the President's Day sales event at Bertero.
0: 631. With back and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary, Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you're traded or not. Filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3.
1: Thank you, Bax and Chicopee. The police chief search continuing. It had been on pause. Is he missing? Uh, well, no. I mean, the search had begun back in October of last year after Chief uh, William Jebb had retired. Yep. And so... They're back on now. They had a little pause after two candidates had dropped out, and now they've got more resumes from people who are seeking to fill the position, and the uh, job application process has now continued. So if you're in the running to become the police chief of Chicopee, the process has begun again.
0: I uh, I don't mean to uh, disappoint anybody in the city of Chicopee, but because of residency requirements, I have taken my name out of the running.
1: Really? That's a
0: shame. No, I think the city of Chicopee is
1: actually better served by me not moving back in. Speaking about taking your name out of the running, we talked about this. I think last time I was on the show, filling in for Steve, Harvard professor Danielle Allen has dropped out of the Democratic race for governor of Massachusetts. That happened yesterday. It was a surprise announcement because she had just briefed Mass Live on her platform for bringing East-West rail. To fruition mm-hmm. and for also closing racial disparities in the state's healthcare system, among other priorities. So she had just made that big speech to MassLive.com and then eh, you know what? Never mind. I'm dropping out. Is it Mass Live's fault?
0: No. Are you
1: sure? No. No at least not, can, can can Not that you, I can tell.
0: Can you is it possible that Mass Live may have sucked the life out of this one? Oh, come on. May have destroyed her uh <laughs> It destroyed her confidence in her own qualifications. What you
1: think? It was the tough follow-up questions from the reporters at MassLive.com that maybe sent her running mm, in the opposite direction. Could be. She you is never the, know. She's the second candidate to you know, b- to bow out of the Democratic race.
0: Not that uh, you know. Not that Charlie uh, Baker went into this with a whole head of a lot of experience in government. I mean, he you know he he was an insurance guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he worked for for Tufts. But she's you know a professor at MIT, right? To be honest, Harvard. Oh, I'm sorry, at Harvard, yes. To be and tenured, I would assume. Who knows? Probably. My guess is she was. And if that's the case, that's a better job than being the governor of Massachusetts. Oh yeah, pays more. Hours are better. You, they can't
1: remove you once you're tenured, right? Absolutely. Pretty much. They
0: can't remove you. And all you're gonna do uh, is uh, you know occasionally publish something every mm-hmm. now and then, and you get your summers off. You
1: don't get to that. When you're the governor of the
0: Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you're the governor all year long.
1: Well, plus you can work from home in your pajamas as a professor now yeah. because of the, the pandemic and the, some of that continuing beyond the pandemic where Zoom classes have become the norm. Being being the governor ain't that great of a job. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good
0: on paper, but you don't there's not they don't even have a gubernatorial mansion. So, you know, that. then the hell with it. I'd want a mansion. And weekends off and certain
1: holidays. Well, you got to ask for the order.
0: I'd also like to know what kind of dental plan they have, and am I, am I required to go on Mass Health? Because you know, I'm very happy with my employee provided uh, uh,
1: insurance. Well, you get a chauffeur too, and some free food once in a while, right? You get some meals paid for, I guess.
0: Yeah, sure. But is that <laughs> enough to walk away from a tenured position at Harvard? I don't think so. Depends where
1: the meals are. As I said, she's the second candidate to bow out on the Democratic side. Former. State Senator Ben Downing had dropped out in late December due to a lack of financial resources. Now, it may have come down to that for Daniel Allen as well.
0: Could be, but again, you you got a tenured position at Harvard. You, I, I swear that's a better paying position than the, than being governor.
1: Well, with her out and Ben Downing out, that leaves two Democrats vying for the governorship, Attorney General Maura Healy, who is considered to be the front runner, and State Senator Sonia Chang Diaz. On the other side, you've got two Republicans running for governor, former state rep Jeff Deal and Rentham business owner Chris Doughty. All right. So there you go. I'm gonna say the uh, the betting favorite is probably Maura Healy. Yes, it seems that way. But you know anything could happen between That's, now and then. That is true. Now you mentioned Charlie Baker. Our fine governor. And despite pleas from public health experts and Massachusetts lawmakers, Governor Baker had repeatedly refused to implement another statewide mask mandate. Now, the update on that is Massachusetts has significantly scaled back its mask advisory for fully vaccinated people. This happened yesterday as the coronavirus conditions continue to improve here in the Commonwealth.
0: Yeah, so everyone's kind of talking about the twenty eighth as like uh, you know being that date mm-hmm. that we all say okay maybe the, the masks can come off, but I'm still bringing my mask with me because you know there's you just never know who requires you to wear it and who doesn't. I mean, right. the, a city and town may have uh, you know their own you know their own mandates and own uh, own protocols, but mm-hmm. individual businesses right. kind of operate on their own as far as whether they want you to do it or not.
1: Well, do they want our business or not? I Well, I'm not going to not not
0: go to a business because i got to wear a mask.
1: Depends how bad I want the services or product from that business, I suppose, in my case.
0: Yeah, I'll go in even if I have to wear the mask.
1: The Massachusetts Department of Public Health yesterday recommending that all vaccinated individuals don face masks in public. Again, recommended, and they've removed the mandate. Yeah. So that's good news. Mm -hmm. It is.
0: I'd like not to have to wear it, but I mean... You know, I'm a compliant fella. I like to uh, follow the rules. I like to do what's uh, what is, is it expected of me. Mm-hmm. I don't like confrontation. I also don't like getting sick with COVID. Been there, done
1: that, don't ever want to do it again. Yeah, I was not unlucky enough to <sighs> have gotten that, and I you know, have been vaccinated. Did not get the booster shots. I think I'm going to, now that we seem to be spinning out of it, I think I'm good. I think I got the two vaccinations. I'm good.
0: My doctor yesterday said, yeah,
1: no, get it. He go, said, "Go get boosted." Oh, my doctor pushed for that too a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "No, thanks, I'm good." And he kind of pushed back, "Why?" I said, "Just don't want it. You don't need to ask me why." What was
0: his response because all the cool kids are doing it? Kind of like that. Right? You know? Come on, kinda, you're not cool if you don't if you don't get boosted. Kind of the kinda suggestion, like peer, right? Peer pressure, right? Come on,
1: don't you want to have a flu shot? Everyone's getting them. You're not cool if you don't have a flu shot. I I got two of them last year. I think I got the flu shot and I got two vaccinations from Moderna. I think that's enough. You're like a human pincushion. Exactly right. You talked about not following rules a moment ago, Bax. John Casey, the former CFO of the Boston Grand Prix, sentenced yesterday at federal court in Boston. The 58-year-old, formerly from Ipswich, pleaded guilty to 23 counts of wire fraud three counts of aggravated identity theft, four counts of money laundering, and three counts of filing false tax returns. I'm sure it's all a big misunderstanding. I don't think so. Casey submitted at least 14 loan applications, and also some of those applications contained false information. And on top of that, he stole the identities of two women and used their personal information to file fraudulent applications. It goes deeper. Officials said he then used that money to buy a three-carat diamond ring, a six-month membership to Match.com, Private school tuition, residential rent payments, living expenses, payments on personal credit card debts, restaurant meals, car payments, and stays at luxury hotels. This is, again, John Casey, the former CFO of the Boston Grand Prix.
0: All right, Of everything that you've just uh, stated, everything that you've listed off, the thing that leaps out at me. I know what you're going to say. Is the diamond ring... And the Match.com uh, subscription—the two go together, don't you think? Well, they do. But like, one is kind of like uh, jumping the gun a little bit. You put <laughs> in the cart before the
1: horse. And who's if, the lucky young lady on Match.com who I'm, got that
0: ring? I mean, probably. Listen, it, it, he probably had it just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it was like one of those insurance policies. But mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest—if uh, you you gotta do a lot of swiping one way or another to be sure of the lady you're going to spend the rest of your life with or the lady you're going to give the 3 carat diamond to. Are you sure
1: you don't want to go out on a date with me? Look at what I have here. You know I, and I've never
0: been on uh I, I've never done the uh the dating services thing and oh, I never had to. You're talking
1: to a match.com veteran over here. Well,
0: let me ask you this yeah. because you know to me this is a very important uh, mm-hmm. distinction. Mm-hmm. <sighs> is there anyone on match.com Based purely on their introductory profile that Mm -hmm. says this one is a three-carat diamond profile. Because I I think, at the very least, you don't go all in on a Match.com profile.
1: There there are a lot of liars out there in the world. I would say all of them. On Match.com and beyond Match.com, as we know. And I showed you a picture a couple of minutes ago of someone who is allegedly a young woman... Seeking companionship with somebody like me. Yep. Not so sure. After seeing the photograph, what is your opinion on that?
0: Uh that would not be someone I would go and buy a three carat diamond for before our first date. Right. That would maybe I would stand outside like a, oh, I don't know, like a like a big Y with a bunch of quarters, putting things into the machine, either getting a gumball or a plastic ring. Maybe that's what I get. And if I get Lucky enough, maybe I'll just give her the gumball and let it be yeah. just
1: that. In this case, him. I mean, her. Maybe buy a nice beard trimmer because, Ooh. you know, honestly, you saw
0: that photograph. You know, I mean, uh, not to, to shame anybody because you know, I'm sure she's a lovely woman deep inside. <laughs> or
1: was at one point.
0: <laughs> but if you're going to put up your a profile picture mm-hmm. on a dating site, yep. don't you think you want
1: to put your best foot forward? You would think, right? Or even, even if you have to, like, fake a smile yes you know i'm not i'm not the most emotive guy right and so like i find myself having to dig 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 through all of my photographs to find one where okay you know i'm smile that's pretty good let's put that one up but i'm well i don't smile normally right
0: well you've you've had no reason to smile (laughs) since you've been here but uh but but with this woman if i'm not mistaken because there were two pictures that she posted one Mm -hmm. uh there was a great deal how shall i put this a great deal of discolorization of the teeth. Yes, which you know, and 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 that one black one is maybe just an ornamental uh, tooth at best. Could be all the rage these days, for yeah. All you know. But you, know, but you, but know, even, even if you decided to to uh, to call on that uh, particular profile, mm-hmm. do you think you'd be so enthusiastic and optimistic that you would spend money? On a three carat diamond fur? I would say probably not yet.
1: Not yet, but you know, maybe this was for someone who was far advanced in the process on mash talking. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd been on six months worth of dates together, right? I for know, all you but know.
0: It, it, but for crying out loud, there's there's gotta be there's gotta be something. <laughs> she, she must have a lot of money or I she's a good cook mm-hmm. or something. Or she's
1: just you know you know very horny or something could be got to have something nothing wrong with that so anyway John Casey the former CFO of Boston Grand Prix in a lot of trouble now so was John Michael Rathbun he was in federal court yesterday after being convicted of trying to set a Jewish nursing home on fire back in 2020 perhaps yes. you're familiar with this story right yes. He was previously convicted of a number of low-level felonies related to his drug use, and in court yesterday said, "quote The person I became on drugs is a person I'm really ashamed of." End quote. Hmm. Okay, so trying oh. to get out of it a little bit there, trying to curry some favor, right? Trying to make make amends. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Not going to work, I don't think. He's going to be going well, away lobby. for a
0: while. You got to you got to you got to work all the steps.
1: WalletHub has released a list of towns and cities in the U.S. with the best and worst money management skills. And one Massachusetts town has made the list on the top ten for managing its money. Springfield? Not Springfield, believe it or not. Springfield is number 1,345 All right, on this we're do- list. We're doing good. <laughs> but but that's only about halfway down the list. Yeah, there's like 3,000 cities and towns just here in New England. Willis, Texas, dead last, ranked over 2,500 on this list of money-managing cities. All right, and the, uh, the top Massachusetts town? Lexington. Oh, well, have you
0: ever been to Lexington?
1: I've been through it, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of cash in that town. Lexington and Concord, you know where the U.S. Revolution started. There's a good deal of cash in those towns.
1: Yeah, but like East Longmeadow has some cash. Oh, l- listen, uh, Brookline, Massachusetts has some cash. Listen,
0: if you if you're doing a side by side comparison, Longmeadow looks like Lawrence compared to those towns. <laughs> really?
1: Well, I haven't seen enough of Lexington. Well, to and, pass and, and
0: as a as a <laughs> as a general
1: rule, try to drive around Lawrence, <laughs> not through it lexington residents by the way in order to land at number 10 overall with a great median credit score of 782 that's the median in lexington and a very very low rate of late payments when it comes to loans and debts and things like that those were some of the markers that wallet hub used in order to come up with their list uh, number one, by and the, the way, and the, and the good news is there's there's lots of room to move for Springfield. Yes, at thirteen forty five. Uh, yes, there you go. right. The Kings can only go up. Number one, by the way, the best manage uh, best money managing city in the U.S. is Scarsdale, New York. Scarsdale, you Scarsdale, you're on the line.
0: Yep, that's another big one.
1: Mm-hmm. They got some cash in that town too. How you doing with your cash? How you doing with your credit score? Oh uh, my!
0: You know what? It's actually uh, quite good my my jenny and i uh, you know we do a pretty good job of manan- managing the uh, the vast estate and by that i being very facetious but you know no we
1: do we, our, our our scores are good let's end this edition of the news with chelsea austin apparently last april She did something very embarrassing, and now it's come to light because of a cop's chest cam video that just got released. So, Chelsea was trying to fly from Orlando to New York, maybe heading back home to Scarsdale for all we know. Sure. When she pulled up to her gate on the suitcase, yes, on the suitcase, one of those motorized suitcases, Mm -hmm. she was hammered and had an empty beer in her hand. So, they wouldn't let her fly. Good move by the folks at the airline there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But then a bike cop got involved and was very patient with her. He got her to drink a little water and explained, you know, you can't fly if you're that drunk. She claimed she wasn't that drunk and started swearing at him and rode off on her suitcase. Here's the audio from the cop's chest cam.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's their policy. You, you just can't be that intoxicated when you fly in a plane, okay?
1: I'm not that intoxicated.
0: Okay, Chelsea. Just just go to the terminal. Oh, man, that thing kind of goes fast.
1: <laughs> I think I'm faster, but... A bike pursuing a suitcase in a minute. It's going to be crazy. Chelsea, I'll race you. I'm
2: on a Chelsea. vehicle. Chelsea, look at me. Sober.
1: Chelsea, she's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's spit at me. <laughs> Stop spitting. Do not spit. I only Do not.
2: I only spit one time.
1: Yes. I am not (laughs) intoxicated. Yes, she did spit at him, by the way. You heard that on that audio. (laughs) So just imagine cop on a bike, Chelsea on a suitcase, a madcap chase through the airport.
0: Uh, And and swear she's not (laughs) intoxicated.
1: After she spit on him, they arrested her at that point. And she spit a second time and hit him in the eye. She also caused. $1,200 in damage to the back of a cop car, because once they put her in there, she caused more damage, including defecating right in the back of the
0: car. Oh, come on, Chelsea. You You know you're supposed to go before you
1: leave. (laughs) But she's not that intoxicated. (laughs) I'm not intoxicated. (laughs) Love it. Highs in the mid-40s today, mid to high-50s tomorrow and Friday. Right now, we're trying to get out of the teens here in East Long Meadow. I'm Dave Coombs, filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's News to Me on Rock 102. This week, it's a thunderbird. At the end of that, by the way.
0: Not, he, he, that could very well be. It's a long song right. for them. Yeah. You know, over of, five minutes, right? Over five minutes. Right. Most of their songs were like two minutes. Right. And, you know, that way, you, know, you, you get to the bathroom first, you yes. do the two minutes, and... If there's a problem, you go back in five minutes for a guy his age. That could take, that could take the life out of him.
1: Yeah, he he may have been experiencing some physical discomfort with that long song. And by the way, I don't know if you you've experienced this, but in my radio career, consultants and programmers, the lifeblood of our business, have always maintained that can never have enough CCR on a rock morning show.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I like a song at least the three minutes yeah so that i can go to the bathroom right but uh know, yeah, but i, I didn't uh, i didn't take the advantage of it this time hey uh if you miss any part of the uh, of the show always check out uh, rock102.com you can download it on apple podcast soundcloud stitcher spotify or directly from rock102.com also check out baxi's musical podcast this week i'm talking to Holyoke's very own tommy pluta who not only works at this radio station but but uh used to belong to a band called The Size out of Holyoke. They had signed a major contract back in the 90s, put out a couple of records. Tommy's released his own EP called Breathe. It's really, really good. And it's a very interesting story. You can check that out on rock102.com. And the one that's going to come up on Monday is a fascinating interview with All a right. guy that I went to college with. Mm-hmm who was one of the original organizers of the Lollapalooza Festival. Mm. So uh, that's coming up on uh, on Monday on rock102.com.
1: Hey, I'm doing a little light reading quickly here before we get to the top of the hour. The people at Zipia have compiled the list of the 15 strangest laws in the United States. Mm-hmm. Here in Massachusetts, who knew it is illegal to scare a pigeon? You can't run up to a pigeon and scare it in the, in the Bay State. And people who willfully kill or frighten pigeons can be imprisoned in Massachusetts. Are the dudes doing real hard time for frightening pigeons in a park? I don't think so. <laughs> what are you in for?
0: Ah, I was scaring a pigeon. Yeah, I murdered a couple of guys in a bar fight. <laughs> right. What did you do? Oh, I, I, I stole millions of dollars from uh, from a company. Right. What did you do? <clears throat> Scared a couple
1: of pigeons because I didn't like the way they looked. I was scaring a pigeon. Uh, by the way, not only a month in the clink, but also a fine of 20 bucks. Could be yours for scaring a pigeon. 20 bucks I could pay, but I'm not
0: willing to uh, to pay the price of incarceration.
1: Right. Uh, we've got highs in the 40s forecast for today. Highs in the 50s for tomorrow and Friday. And we've got your sports coming up next on Rock 102. And now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store.
0: Hey! Good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As most of you know, there is nothing I like more than dedicating substantial hours of my day to binge-watching one great television series after another through the miracle of streaming services. Are you kidding me? I got the Netflix. I got the Hulus. I've got HBO Max and Amazon Prime Video. I'm even using somebody else's login information so I can pirate Disney Plus. That way I can keep up with the book of Boba Fett and that thing about the Beatles. And even though I'm still paying top dollar for my monthly cable bundle, you might think that I would have more than enough options to keep me busy forever. And normally, I would agree with that. But that was before yesterday when the New England Patriots announced that they have entered into an agreement to help produce a new 10-part documentary series called The Dynasty based upon the book written by author Jeff Benedict two years ago about the Patriots rise to greatness during the Tom Brady Bill Belichick era with access to more than a thousand hours of never-before-seen video of the team sounds fantastic right you bet it does there's just one little problem The documentary will only be available to subscribers of Apple TV Plus. And my one-year trial subscription is about to run out in 14 days. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not so sure I have the available funds to cough up that extra $4.99 monthly subscription rate just for something like that. Sure, there will be footage that none of us have ever seen. Yes, there will be inside interviews and coverage that's never been available to the public before. But $4.99 a month is a pretty big financial commitment. I mean... I got college to pay for, utilities to pay. I may seem like a wildly successful radio sensation on paper, but I got financial obligations that prevent me from extending that one-year complimentary subscription. I mean, other than Ted Lasso's season one and two, I can't even tell you the last time I turned Apple Plus on. It's a 10-part documentary series, and the pay was enough for me to start uh, paying $4.99 a month. I'm not even sure that'd be enough to entice Steve Jobs to renew his subscription because that's a lot of money. But hey, never mind Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Do you know the difference between a ball cock and a closet flange? Ricardo does. Ricardo's the plumbing specialist at the Island Pond Rockies. Got a plumbing project? Go see Ricardo. Good people, plumbing people, and rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock
1: 102.
0: Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at
1: 712 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. As I said earlier, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' 20-night run at San Francisco's The Fillmore is being prepped for release in a new box set. Happened back in 1997, 20 nights in a row at The Fillmore in San Francisco. So for Petty fans, I think that's going to be a must-have, probably.
0: Uh, 20 nights in a row. Yeah. Same place. Right? I mean, I I don't know. I don't like doing anything. That's enjoyable.
1: Even if it's you know for anything that's even enjoy- for, for, for twenty nights in a row. Well, think of the uh, different versions of that one song you might hear during a twenty night run. You yeah. might hear three or four different versions of that classic right there.
0: I only saw him uh, live once, and he was great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he, <laughs> this goes back uh, a, a number of years, but he he did a tour back in the '80s with uh, with Bob Dylan. Yep. And so like Well, because uh, they
1: were part of the uh, the traveling Wilburys.
0: Yeah. And and I and I think it was either about that same time mm-hmm. or slightly before the Traveling Wilburys, mm-hmm. But right. <laughs> you know, we got lawn seats. It's an outdoor pavilion. And every time Tom Petty they and like they were switching back and forth. Like Petty would do a couple songs, mm-hmm. and Dylan would do a couple songs right. and then they would do a couple songs together. Every time Bill uh Dylan was out, I was like, eh, okay, I'm gonna just sit here and Chill out, but then every time Tom Petty came up, the cr- crowd just yeah. stood up, and we're, were completely bored and disinterested in Bob Dylan. Even though, I mean, comparatively speaking, you know, Dylan's career is probably a little bit more significant than even Tom Petty's. But nevertheless, Petty was so great that everybody was just uh, you know standing up every time he every time he hit the stage.
1: Well, you know, it's ironic, back so those two guys, two of the best examples of. Rock artists whose voices and deliveries Mm -hmm. were probably savaged by critics and by managers in the early going. Like, you can't. Become a star with a voice and a delivery like that, man. Yeah, but but Petty's <laughs> Petty could hold a tune. Oh, he's he was great. Yeah. And, and he was great at uh, orchestration and instrument. He thought about the entire piece of music. I think he was brilliant. There's a there's a couple of cool documentaries about
0: Bob Dylan mm-hmm. that are that are really very interesting. The real mm-hmm. fascinating stuff about about you know why he's important and you know and what he accomplished during his career. And there's probably nobody in history. That can touch the importance and influence of a Bob Dylan. Yep. But side by side, if you're looking for Bob Dylan live or Tom Petty, Tom
1: Petty had it all (laughs) over Bob Dylan by the 1980s. Yeah, I'm not sure he was the handsomest fella out there, Tom Petty that is, but you know, Stevie Nicks supposedly had a thing for Tom Petty. And I think it stemmed from her. Falling in love with its music, for one. But then I think she also had like a, you know, a crush on Tom Petty. But I
0: think Stevie Nicks had a tendency to fall in love with nearly everybody she met.
1: Well, and there's a lot of cocaine fueling all that oh, as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to show you another picture. I know this is not the most radio-friendly thing, but I think we can describe this enough to make it worthwhile. Okay. So it's from my buddy Kevin's Facebook account, and it's a picture of a bathroom that he worked on. He's very handy with his hands, Kevin, my buddy. I I have a a huge admiration for that because I have zero No, I have negative skills when it comes to like home maintenance or building anything, frankly. I'm horrible.
0: I, I can fix you lunch, but I can't fix anything around the house.
1: So this is a picture of his brand new bathroom that he shares with his lovely wife, Barbie. Okay. All right? And it's a picture of a portion of the bathroom that holds the spool of toilet paper. Okay. All right? Sure. Now, we all know that, you know, every lame radio... This jockey in America has done the stupid, whoa, should it go over or under, you know, the roll of toilet paper? And, you know, you discuss that for like half an hour, you take phone calls, stupid. Well, right. he, here's a brand new take on it. So he posts a picture of the brand new bathroom. Great work there, by the way, just quickly. Yeah. And you'll see that the spool of toilet paper is up and down. Like it's or, on a hook. Like it's resting on a pole. And he said, solve that discussion, didn't I? Like very proud of Interesting. that. Interesting interesting
0: because the, it, it, it looks like it's on a it's on a on a hook and rather than being horizontal it's vertical
1: correct and and then the comments after that led by my buddy daryl we're all golf friends by the way daryl goes solve the discussion oh did you because really when you stop and think about it you've still got a dilemma does the toilet paper go left to right or, or right, right to, to left? left
0: yeah i uh, i am of the belief that uh it doesn't matter if you really if you really got an issue back there right. you'll find you'll find your way now we have in our house a a a, a toilet paper caddy
1: mm-hmm. you know what those are no. Oh wait, was it? Oh, so wait, wait. Yeah, it's a sleeve it's of toilet papers, right?
0: Yeah. So you can put like you know four or five yes. rolls in there, yes. and, and then you then uh, then at the top of it is the is the actual roll. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are so hung up on, well, should it go over and under? It's very easily solved. You literally take the caddy and then turn it all the way around, so all of a sudden the papers facing the opposite side. Gotcha. So to me, not a big deal. If you don't like the direction, just move it. That's simple, but well, you know, for uh, you know, in a situation where you've got the holder, you know, attached to the wall, and someone puts it in the wrong way, um, you know what? I, I've got I got a million other problems in my life. <laughs> I don't have I don't have time to start, you know, you demanding answers,
1: right? You know, when it comes to toilet paper technique, no toilet paper. Now that's a problem. Yeah, you know, that's an issue. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it did trigger a discussion about left versus right, and some people are saying, "Well, I'd have to, I'd have to have the toilet paper moving away from my body," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I, I'd be wanting to pull it toward me in that case if it was up and down." I so, don't, I don't think I've had, to, I've got uh, hard fast rules. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I'd
0: have to almost see it both ways to know for sure what works best for me. And even if that's the case, if I have a vertical toilet paper possibility
1: Mm -hmm. it's
0: really just a matter of lifting up the roll, turning it over to the other side problem solved
1: there you go but then i'm gonna be in there for a while (laughs) which by the way i never understood for me i'm doing that business as fast as i can for people who stay in there with the smell and like read a magazine or a book, I don't get it. Oh no I, no no! I, I got to get out of there as quickly as possible.
0: I'm a very regular individual, like preposterously regular. Me too. And uh, oh, yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I—that's I, my time. That's like the only time I can really just. Get away! Can't have anybody walk in on me. The door's got to be closed. Oh, I'm that way to, as well. I, I can't share my time with you. Yeah, how people can do that is beyond I, me. I can't. Mm. I cannot do it. It's like it's like I get total test anxiety. Mm. Like I'm like I'm taking my SATs. Like it's, I get I need I need it, it, it to me. It's like I need total. I need total isolation.
1: You're taking an S and a T. There's just a couple of other letters in the middle of that other than SAT.
0: Right. So which so which means that if I'm going to take the time mm-hmm. to do my business and do it well. Right. And I mean like A plus type of, type of quality because to me, it's a craftsmanship issue.
1: Abraham Lincoln always said, if you're going to be something, just be a good something,
0: whatever I'm, that is. I need something to read. Mm-hmm. I need something to do. Mm-hmm. I need something to uh, distract me. From the job at hand, because at some point there will have to be more attention to detail. But I, I never go into the bathroom without my phone to either play a game, to to, to watch some TikTok videos. I need it.
1: Play I, play a little turtle while you're in there. I mean, Wordle, Wordle, Wordle. If if, if, if I don't have
0: that option, if right? I go to the bathroom without my phone, mm-hmm. I feel lost. And I, and I and I and and I'll start reading like shampoo bottles if I have to. I
1: need something. Well, you, had, you gotta have. That's assuming something's within reach. Because once you've done a your business or a portion of that business, uh-huh. you can't get up from the seat at that point <sighs> to reach for something. You're stuck at that point. So you got to have everything within an arm's reach. Yeah. Well, I I don't know
0: exactly what you're doing in there. It's different than me. But <laughs> I I can reach. I can lean over. You know, to the tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a bottle of shampoo on the tub. It's just a really matter of you just kind of reaching over and say, huh, I wonder what kind of ingredients are in this
1: prel. The reach would be very dangerous. Stuff could fall out. I mean, you're, well, I mean, you're, 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 you're undergoing it. huge risks there. Well, I, I, life is about risk. But right.
0: I also know that, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of you know, picking my timing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain times when, no, you don't get up. Right. And certain times where, like, okay. Seems like things have worked themselves out. Clear. I, it's now time to read what's on the conditioner bottle. What mm-hmm. th- what kind of ingredients are on this tube of toothpaste? I you know this is the kind of thing I I have to do. Okay. I got I got rules of the bathroom, but they never involve the paper. Just as long as there are, there's an extra roll of paper because things can get very busy in there all right all right very good listen speaking but I, like, but I, I credit your friend though yes. because that's a that's a that's a creative way of neutralizing a lot of argumentation
1: well and he thinks he's solved a problem but I don't think Kevin has nonetheless you're right and it's a good looking bathroom the
0: good looking bathroom and you know it's a different kind of argument mm-hmm. one that has never really been discussed the over and under that's you know that's that's like uh, you know Ginger and Marianne. You're never going to resolve that you either. Like it one way or you like it the other.
1: Yeah, the over under should be reserved for bets out of Vegas on the Super Bowl, in my opinion. That's the only over under you need to worry yeah, about. That's right. right. It's seven twenty three
0: with backs and Dave Coombs from Laser ninety nine three and Rock one hundred two. Coombs from Laser ninety nine three and Rock
1: one hundred two. Yeah, we're heading up to highs in the forties today, but we're still having a hard time getting out of the teens here right now in East Longmeadow. I don't know what you're seeing. I, I got 14 on my phone.
0: My uh, my uh, my Apple Watch is now saying 12. Mm-hmm. I got 12 degrees. Well, we're
1: going backwards.
0: Yeah. Well, tomorrow is going to be nice. What, almost uh, like 57, 58, years, uh, 58 yeah. degrees? Not too bad.
1: We'll take that. Hey, I was reading off a list of some strange laws in the U.S. I started with the law that it's illegal to scare a pigeon here in Massachusetts. Here's an interesting one. It's illegal to throw a ball at somebody's head for a laugh. In New York, you can't do it. Suppose you're doing it out of spite or anger. Doesn't say anything about that. Well, then there you go. I guess you're covered. Uh, the reason why that law was passed is interesting. You can't throw a ball at somebody's head for a laugh in New York because it was put into place to protect carnival workers from being harassed. So I guess I get it now. You know the the ball toss there, where you're either mm-hmm. knocking over the little stuffed animals or you're, you're 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 hitting the bottles or whatever it is you're hitting there. You, I guess you get frustrated, you tend to chuck the ball at the guy's head who's I, running that particular I, event.
0: I have never thrown a ball at a uh, at a carny. I figure they got enough to worry about. <laughs> they got enough problems. The law, Besides, they've got a terrible arm, and I probably missed their head anyway.
1: The law also mentions it's illegal to throw knives at people, by the way. I don't know if it's for the same reason that those are being used Man, to harass carnivores. Who's <laughs> writing these laws? You can't throw knives at people anymore, not, this is an outrage. Not in New York anyway, Bex. That's too bad. Maybe here in Massachusetts it's okay.
0: Hey, uh real quick. Uh congratulations to uh Rep State Rep uh, Joe Wagner announced his retirement after 31 years yesterday. Good for you, Joe. Congratulations. Sweet. It's uh yeah, uh, in the State House for 31 years. That's a damn long time. The guy has uh, definitely uh, served Western Mass and in particular Chicopee for an awful long time and and very very well. So congratulations. Uh, to Joe Wagner. We have uh, news coming up next to Rock 102. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at... The Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering 1400 hours off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Filling in for
1: Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs. So, Bax, Amherst is one of the most educated towns in the state of Massachusetts, and even in the nation. Ironically, I find there to be a lot of really dumb people in Amherst. Well, that's kind of what I'm going to get to in this story. Amherst is also well-known as being a hub for activism. So much so that the Amherst Pelham Superintendent of Schools, Michael Morris, has said it's a good reason why they sell T-shirts and mugs bearing the phrase, quote, the only thing silent about Amherst is the H. And we know that they've had problems recently Keeping teachers and principals employed. The emmers School District released a report after the high turnover among principals mm-hmm. and some of the problems listed in the report. Gender-based vulgarities, women facing comments about their age, appearance, and even their eating habits. This is, this is the principals that are having the problem? Not the students, the principals and other employees of the Amherst Pelham School system. Interesting. So now it becomes clear why there's been a high rate of turnover among principals in that school district and they're getting to the root of the problem now. Well, you know it's a, it's a tough world out there
0: and everyone is very easily offended, especially in Amherst. You, you can't even you can't even call someone by a gender, based slur. Anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: What what have we what have we become? And you can't make fun of their eating habits either. I love making fun of other people's eating habits. I make fun of my own. Yeah. It's all it's all part of the it's all part of the act. And doesn't that make it okay if you're making fun of your own proclivities that you can then make fun of others? Isn't that some sort of unwritten rule? Well,
0: I think if you can ironically point out the uh, the, the problems of other people, mm-hmm. even though you share the same exact problems or your problems are worse. Right. Well, that's just that's just funny. That's what I'm saying. That's You do that for a laugh. I mean, if I fat shame somebody, oh, man, you better believe it's going to be hilarious. Yes,
1: consider the sword. I mean, well, I didn't mean to say that
0: back. What is that, a fat joke? <laughs> make me come over there
1: so i'll I'll show you what they're for speaking of schools in westfield the 2022 excellence in teaching awards have been announced this year's honorees include veteran teachers ryan Mm empkin teaching seventh and eighth grade music at westfield middle school cool tracy notario a fifth grade stem teacher at the westfield intermediate school very good eric rogers Culinary arts teacher at Westfield Technical Academy. Nice. I never got a chance to take any culinary arts classes back in school.
0: When I was uh, in uh, middle school, we had uh, home ec and shop. Mm-hmm. Half the year was home ec, the other half was shop. And uh, home ec was fine to make, a, make an egg, or, you know, I suppose I could sew a button on a pair of pants. Mm-hmm. We all had to learn how to do that. But I was a medicine shop in what, a good way or a bad way a minute no i was not in a good way oh. i actually put my hand this is like eighth grade i mm-hmm. put my hand in a belt sander that might have been a mistake why <sighs> i was making a. Uh, I was making i think it was like a birdhouse mm-hmm. and i was using a belt sander to to uh, to sand the thing down and i uh, hand slips mm-hmm. and I, I, I like a knuckle i actually still have the scar wow from uh, from from where it looked like I actually punched the the belt sander. Now, okay. the, in all fairness, uh, I'm 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 such a tough uh, guy that I did not uh, scream in pain. In fact, I didn't even realize that it was bleeding profusely until at least ten <laughs> seconds later.
1: Belt sander one backs zero.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it got to cut a good part of me. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I I could do the home ec was not designed for a wood shop.
1: Me, the same. You know, I talked about my friend Kevin there with all his handiwork in the bathroom, and I was the same way in shop when I was growing up. I did make a footstool one time. Mm. God knows what happened to that. And I made a key holder, you know, a wooden key holder, the one that you would sort of hang on the wall to hang your keys on, the key holder in the shape of a key. Hey. hey. ah, Use a little jigsaw for that one? Yes. Nice. Yes.
0: Uh, I actually have one thing from shop yeah. uh, class from eighth grade. Wow. They still have it. Yeah. And it's a box, you know, like a wooden box. Mm-hmm. I still got it. It's loaded with garbage, but, it, uh, but I still got the box. Hmm. Very proud of that. The only thing I ever did right in shop.
1: Congratulations to the three... Teachers that I just mentioned receiving yep. excellence in teaching awards in Westfield. Let me get to the rest of them, okay? <clears throat> yes. Jessica Skorupski, a seventh grade math teacher at Westfield Middle School. Nicole Turgeon, pre-kindergarten teacher at Fort Meadow Early Childhood Center. All right. And a new teacher to the Westfield school system. Molly Mowry who teaches 3rd grade at the Southampton Road Elementary School. Congratulations. All excellence in Teaching Award winners for 2022 in Westfield. What do you get for that uh,
0: for that? Do you get like a like a cash prize? Is there <laughs> like a t-shirt or
1: what is there? Same thing we get here at the radio station. By the way, a big Y gift card.
0: I don't know. I have no idea. A big white gift card is a good, is a good I, gift. I agree. That's better than a big bag of jack squat, which yep. we normally get.
1: Well, maybe they get some stupid trophy that they can display somewhere. Yeah, I don't it's, know.
0: It's a, it's a hell of an honor.
1: I think masslive.com does have some pictures if you want to go check this out. And maybe you can find out what exactly they receive for that honor. I'd
0: like to think there's a, a plaque or you know something they can they can actually use. Mm-hmm.
1: Steve McGuire of Situate. Deserves some sort of prize. Good for you for pronouncing Situate correctly. Oh, for sure. Yes. Wait till I get going on Peabody. and You got that right. Woburn. You got that right, too. Yeah. You been boning up on the state. Give me a test sometime. Hey, listen, I spent a lot of time here in the state of Massachusetts, and I lived in Boston for a year, for crying out loud. Steve McGuire of Situate left the sunroof on his family's minivan open in 63-degree weather Saturday, February 12th. Windows down, enjoying the record high temperatures in Situate, but it snowed on Sunday. Ah, boy. <laughs> McGuire saying he didn't realize it until returning to the vehicle on Monday. Ah, boy. There's a picture of it online. It is hilarious, by the way. The, the snow is piled up almost to the roof inside the minivan. That's great. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a
0: couple on uh, TikTok. I think mm-hmm. they're like, uh, I don't know if they're Italian or French. Mm-hmm. They're from out of town. Right and uh it's this husband that's always doing like these uh, practical jokes on his wife Mm -hmm. one of them was he filled her, her entire car up with snow. And then she goes out there because she's got to go to work, right? Yeah. And she's running late. She opens up the door. Whole damn thing loaded with snow. She can't go anywhere until she empties it out. And she's in tears and crying And the husband's wife. You got the whole thing on video. He's laughing his ass off. Yeah. For now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, great I'm sure, stuff, man. I'm sure
1: that didn't go well for the marriage for the next couple of weeks. I'm sure there's a divorce attorney somewhere <laughs> in that foreign country that is just itching to get involved. Uh, we'll post this particular picture by the way on the rock 102 facebook page so you can laugh along Uh, inside the family minivan in this case nine inches of snow accumulated that's great steve mcguire saying quote this could only happen in new england i'm grateful it wasn't rain and it was super easy to clean up because it was so light and fluffy
0: how do you tell your boss you can't come to work on time because (laughs) the inside of your car is encased in snow
1: well i i think if you're his wife you can proudly talk about that and blame your stupid husband. Oh, yeah. No, if, no, he'll definitely take the blame forever. If you're Steve McGuire, you got a tough road to hoe, shall they say. Hey, would you like to go to outer space? Mm, when? Tickets for a 90-minute Virgin Galactic space flight go on sale today.
0: I'm afraid I got emergency surgery
1: that day. Just $450,000, Bax. Includes training as well. And an Under Armour space suit. That goes along with it, plus membership into an exclusive, quote, Future Astronauts Club. That sounds kind of cool. And you can apparently, along with it, you have the rights to add even more money and purchase a special Virgin Galactic Jeep.
0: That is really going to buff up my LinkedIn profile. There you go. Astronaut. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Hall of Fame broadcaster, astronaut. Uh Uh-huh. I remove everything else from that profile.
1: what I'm saying, right? Yeah,
0: I like it. Yeah. Uh, Hey, look, William Shatner has done it. He's taken a space flight. Right. Yeah. Said it was the greatest thing he's ever done. Yep. Even greater than
1: TJ Hooker, which I find very hard to believe. I ain't ain't going nowhere, by the way, that involves heights of any kind. Really? No. I'm, like, horrible with heights. I stood next to the Niagara Falls one time, because you can walk right out on a precipice Near the Horseshoe Falls. Yeah. And you can literally, if you wanted to, you could almost reach out and touch the spot where the water tumbles over the edge. And I had that feeling, I'm going to jump. Yeah. I'm going to jump. I once went to
0: the observatory Mm -hmm. at the Sears Tower in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And for one, it's on like the 198th floor. So it's like the longest elevator ride of your life mm-hmm. and you go up to the top and then and they they have this observatory but and uh what's cool about it is that the windows of the observatory are actually pitched
1: forward oh yeah
0: so you walk right up to the uh to the edge of the window and i'm not a real great uh guy with heights either mm-hmm. i mean I, I i'm just not uh, it's not really my thing but there's something about being on that observatory where you feel it oh yeah Right in your plums. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. They, right right down there yeah. near the, the bits and pieces. Yep. And it's like, holy smokes, I'm going to fall. I mean, you're not going to fall because, right? I mean, the glass is like a foot thick. But nevertheless, I mean, you just, there's something about that part of the male anatomy which automatically inverts. Yeah. Like, uh, like... You're like Punxsutawney Phil has just seen his shadow, just, except you know now he's going up inside the wigwam, if you know what I'm talking just about.
3: Just
1: like George Costanza Whoa, in a pool. I geez, hear you, man. Like, man. where'd they go? I had him a moment ago. Where'd they put them?
0: Yes, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I, I feel you, but well, whew, well, no
1: thanks. The CN Tower in Toronto has that experience, by the way. They've got an elevator where the floor is glass. Oh, oh yeah, went no. there one time. Oh, I couldn't even get near that elevator. Yeah, Put no. me on the regular elevator, please, and I'll go up and down now, do, all day do, long. Do you get like all panicky or, oh, yeah. or does like vomit happen? No. Don't no get vomiting. to that point, but I, I I do feel the plum sensation that you mentioned and I feel sweaty and I get nervous. And yeah, no, it's it's a horrible feeling. And so no, anything that would involve any kind of height, I can't do it. By the way, I think there's a new exhibit in Manhattan called The Edge. Which is a building like that, where it's got an entire outdoor patio that's all made of glass.
0: Yeah, and you're in the floor too. Oh yeah. What did I see? I saw. I don't even know where this is, but it's like a it's like a water slide mm-hmm. that's clear. Yeah. And it's on, <laughs> it's on the top of a building. Right. And so you're literally going down the water slide. It and look and you feel like you're falling from you know many floors up okay
1: i would say no to that yeah i really would uh my son and i who's now 35 by the way dash and i were at um, what did you have him when you were five <laughs> hey all right <laughs> making me feel young i appreciate it already um so he and i went to uh disney and all the other theme parks down there i forget them all but we went on the tower of terror i think it was sure and oh <laughs> I you know I just don't understand people who do any of this stuff for fun I, yeah, for fun I,
0: I don't I don't mind the roller coasters and stuff but you know whenever I've been to Disney the the one ride that gave me the most uh, sick physical sensation mm-hmm. where I really felt like I was about to throw up. The teacups? No, the Hall of Presidents. That's that was
2: ooh. <laughs>
1: yeah. It is Jeez, it I, is scary.
0: I got in I got in there and all of a sudden I think it was like I don't know, Abraham Lincoln starts talking in this animatronic type of uh speech pattern and I felt oh my god here it comes. Yeah. Never actually threw up but I could taste it. It's like right there in the back of the throat.
1: Yeah, the Zachary Taylor part just oh, absolutely horrifying Awful. to me.
0: Never go on that again. Not, M- Millard not, t- not twice in a life. Millard Fillmore
1: are you sitting that on a, a, that was enough to put me over the edge. yeah, I hear you. Are you sitting on a gold mine of undiscovered art at your house? Yes or no no. well, forty two percent of Americans say they own a piece of art that they feel is quote museum worthy end quote. yes, forty two percent of Americans, according to a new survey believe they've got a valuable piece of art in their house
0: like uh, an original dogs playing poker type of thing yeah something like that i don't have any original art in the house other than two paintings that my father made uh many years ago my my father could you know my father's blind but he but but you know for a while he could see huh. and he's he was an outstanding artist and uh you know those you know they're they may not be valuable to you, but they're valuable to me. Sure. I, that, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that I will never give up.
1: Wouldn't it be cool if someday you found out that your father's artwork was worth millions of dollars somehow? I mean, how does that happen anyway? And by the way, you and I have something in common. I just learned because my mom also is a very good artist and I have yeah. one, I have a couple of her paintings oh, there you go. on my wall yeah. at my place. You
0: think you know a guy? And they're
1: pretty good. How about that?
0: They're pretty good. Yeah. I listen. My dad's got to probably did a good 20, 30 paintings in his mm-hmm. life, and uh, you know they're all over the place. Cool. You know cousins have them. I've got them. My sister's got a couple. They're very nice.
1: I say we take our artwork from our family members on tour backs, and we set up. Maybe I don't know. Somebody could host us. Oh, you
0: mean like outside, like a like a gas station or something? Yeah. Yes. You
1: know, have a little, you know, display of our family art.
0: Well, there you go. I think we ought to look into that. It's a good idea. Like the. Like the uh, annual Golden Nozzle Art Festival,
1: mm-hmm. and there could be awards given out.
0: <laughs> That's right, just you like know, the I, uh, just I, like the Oscars. I love this Velvet Elvis with the tear draw, you know coming down his cheek. Mm-hmm. But this original Steve Baxendale is like unbelievable.
1: See, and and my mom Lynn Hutmaker, I'm telling you, some of the artwork that she has, including that pastoral scene of the. Little Harbor in Maine that she did. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. fantastic! All the right shadows in all the right places. And ooh, look at that. Isn't that a Newfoundland sitting on the dock? Why, yes, wow, it is. Wow, how about that? It, and it's pretty good. There's an Australian television host named Alison Langdon. Now, she's the co-host of the Aussie version of the Today Show, okay? Okay. She's gone viral because she had a couple of lawn experts on the show recently, and they were discussing her special type of grass at her lawn that was apparently dying. This grass is called couch grass. Like the couch, right? C-O-U-C-H. But they pronounce it differently in Australia. Here's what happened.
2: My couch is dying. And I don't have... What do you mean doing to it if it's dying? Well, the dog pees all over it. No lawn can really withstand dog pee.
1: All right, so the dog's got to go <laughs> to save the cooch. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Her cooch is yeah, dying. Uh, yeah, listen, you got you got to be kind to those things. <laughs> yes. And don't let the dog pee on your cooch. No, Whatever you
0: do. Ladies, I think we can all agree that's something you don't want to have happen
1: i love the fact that she realizes exactly what she's doing i I think on this show and and her co-hosts are cracking up they realize exactly what she's doing i bet their ratings skyrocket they probably
0: they probably did if i mean if they were showing live video of of that happening with (laughs) the dog of
1: her dying cooch yeah right you got to be kind to those things oh my god that is just gold (laughs) And I love the Aussie accent anyway. So if they can turn couch into cooch, I'm all in in Australia. <laughs> we got highs in the mid 40s for today, mid to high 50s. Forecast for tomorrow and Friday, we might even hit 60. Who knew? Who knows? Well, I was going Aussie there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. That's news to me.
0: Rock 102 Springfields Classic Rock at 753 and Brian Adams on Rock 102.
1: Hey congratulations we're up to 16 here in East Longmeadow on our way to highs in the mid 40s for today and for tomorrow mid to high 50s so we got that to look forward to although there is going to be a storm watch in effect apparently from tomorrow evening right into Friday and the storm watch includes a small craft advisory so if you're planning on piloting uh, some sort of dinghy out in long island sound don't do it yeah uh, leave your dinghy alone for exactly, a day
0: right uh coming up next hour we we'll are to be talking to uh justin spisman he's a uh justin spisman he is a best-selling author he's written a brand new book that's out uh just a couple days ago called coach the greatest teachers in sports and their lessons for us all it's a pretty interesting book and we'll be talking to him uh just after uh, eight o'clock so there you have that.
1: All right, we got more strange laws here in the United States. And again, this stemmed from our discussion that you have to have something in the bathroom to read. So I'm trying to get in touch with your feelings, Bax. Okay, I was just upstairs in the bathroom and uh, reading. And you were thinking about me. I was. Some of the uh, strangest laws in the U.S., according to Zipia, they just compiled this list and gave you a couple in the past hour. Here's a couple more for you. It's illegal to do any fortune telling in Baltimore, Maryland. So if you want your future told... In Maryland, you got to go outside of the Baltimore area to do it.
0: Here's uh, here's what I see: if you go to Baltimore, you're going to want to get out of it.
1: Hey, I like Baltimore. Camden Yards is a pretty good stadium. Oh I, yeah, the Inner Harbor's but, cool. Yes. But you kind of
0: go out beyond yeah. that area; oh, yeah. it's
1: not it's not so great. Yeah, some good seafood in Fell's Point, which is sort of adjacent to that area you just mentioned. But you're right; pretty much the rest of Baltimore is yep. not Be, a, beyond the the parts that they that they spend millions of dollars uh, propping up. It ain't all that. Yeah. Also, it's illegal to let your donkey sleep in a bathtub in Arizona. Now you tell me. Okay. The law was passed, apparently, due to a random incident in 1924 involving a donkey, a tub, and a flood. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know.
0: I mean, how many uh, violations have there been since uh, putting this law in place?
1: I don't know. I don't know, you'd have to you'd have to check in with Arizona. And here's one from Youngstown, Ohio. It's illegal to run out of gas there. Which Okay. Ha- well. Have you know. run out of gas before? I have. I've run out of gas on the New York State Thruway before. Not once, but twice. I, I have
0: never run out of gas. Really? I never no, I I'm uh maniacal about that.
1: I'm always pushing it to the limits. Although I'll say this about gasoline. I filled up like two days ago. <laughs> And it was close to seventy dollars. I'm like, when did that happen? Because I don't normally look at the prices of gasoline.
0: Well, like you, like me, you're driving a big gas guzzling SUV. Yep. Yeah, you know, and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, mine uh, mine was like uh, sixty
1: two the other day. Right? Yeah. When did this happen? Do, do you look at the prices? Because I don't. I just like, hey, I need gas, fill it up. I don't care what well, the cost I, I is. Look, I look at the price, but I don't
0: change my habits right? based on on the price. It's like I, if I gotta get gas, I gotta get gas. Right? Yeah. I'm, it, I, well, let's put it this way: if I'm in a in an intersection with like four or five different gas stations and one's you know good, you know. Seven or eight cents below everybody else. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll go to that one instead. But I mean, honestly, it, I, I'm, I'm I'm paying through the, no, through the nose. No matter where you go.
1: Well, we're kind of spoiled here in this country and in the state of Massachusetts, anyway. Because you go to Europe. I don't know if you've ever been. I was in Europe one time, and the cost of gasoline. If you have a rental car, some over there, you can't even. I mean, you can't drive from point A to point B. Over well,
0: we are doing the uh, the currency conversion. No. All right. Well, how do you know? It's a good point. I mean, I mean, I mean what, what, what country were you in? Uh, Italy. Italy. What, what, what? So now they use the euro over there, right? I, I couldn't, I couldn't do the uh, the conversion from euro to U.S. dollar.
1: All right. I couldn't do that. Well, I'll do a little research about that. I still think it's pretty high over there in Europe compared to the United States. I'm
0: sure it is. I yeah. mean, you know, California is up to like seven dollars a gallon. Man. Hey, man, that's, that's outrageous to me.
1: <laughs> no wonder they're all going to the electric cars out no, there, right? No
0: kidding. It's 757 with uh, Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 on Rock 102. Place between Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810 and Fleetwood Mac on Rock 102.
1: Highs in the mid-40s today. Mid to high 50s tomorrow and Friday. Right now, we're getting close to 20 degrees here in East Longmeadow. Uh,
0: Dave Coombs filling in for uh, Steve Nagel today from uh, Laser 99.3. Uh, Steve will hopefully be back uh, tomorrow. Brand new book came out uh, just a few days ago uh, called Coach, The Greatest Teachers in Sports and Their Lessons for Us All. On the phone, this, uh, right it's a very interesting book. And on the phone right now is the author of that book, best-selling author uh, Justin Spisman. Go on, Justin. How are you?
3: Hey guys, thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely. Congrat- well, first of all, congratulations uh on on the book. Um you, you you we talk about sports all the time and you know, obviously, you know, Bill Belichick is uh the head coach of the Patriots for one of the uh, the uh, the carrying stations of uh, of that team. What what is it in your mind that that makes a great coach be a a great teacher of people more than just Xs and Os? But but what is it that that best defines a great coach?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and when I embarked on this journey, I didn't know that I knew the answer. I thought I had some preconceived uh, ideas as to what that answer was. But what was amazing is, as I went through the journey, I realized that there are some, some fa- foundational aspects of each coach. For example, I think that, that, that the great coaches are dedicated to their craft. They're students of the game. They expect greatness from everyone around them. Their standards are remarkable. But after you get past that, kind of how the sausage was made gets to be really interesting. And, and I know you guys are probably huge Balachek fans. Um, you know, I live down here in Atlanta, so I can't say I'm a fan of anything Balachek. But with that, with, with that being said, he's a remarkable coach. And how he did things and how he's done things in his career with this team-first mentality, no player is bigger than the Patriots. Do your job every single day. It's truly remarkable. Yeah, and not I, every coach did it like he did it.
1: I I went to the same college as Belichick, and I have a huge appreciation for what he's accomplished. Although his personality leaves a little to be desired, but you know, I wonder if that's a component in great coaches as well.
3: Uh, yeah, it can be. I mean, you look at you look throughout this book, and you see these personalities, and, and just you know, John Madden comes to mind just because he just passed away, but. He was this warm, loving guy that you just like, I want to sit down and just hang out with him. But then you think of Belichick and you're like, Gosh, man, I mean what an amazing coach, but he just kind of seems like a little bit of a downer. So yeah. and the, the personalities were so unique.
1: And Tony Dungy is another example of a guy who is a great coach and a wonderful human being, but I'd rather watch paint dry.
3: Yeah, I mean you know, he doesn't you know, he doesn't scream excitement, does yeah. he? But he was such a remarkable motivator of, of, of men and holding them to such high standards and, you know, his devout religious beliefs um, and always just showing up and doing it in his own way. And that's what makes these coaches so special is that there are there is fabric that is consistent amongst all of them. But at the end of the day they all did it their own way which is what i came to love about these coaches
0: this is uh justin uh, spitzman from the the author of coach the greatest teachers in sports and the lessons for us all you've written uh, pretty extensively about jim valvano now that would be a perfectly good example of a coach that wasn't just a you know a great coach when it comes to basketball but you know just a motivating enthusiastic guy i mean the kind of personality that was you know, real infectious. I mean, not just for his players, but, I mean, everybody, you know, if if anyone goes down for a single speech, you know, in history, that, that ESPN uh, ESPY award he had, I mean, that's the kind of thing where you say, man, I would love to have been coached, you know, by that guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, Valvano is just a bigger-than-life character. I mean, you know, small package, but, my God, I mean, the things that he said – his personality. I mean, the stories about Valvano. Uh, I, I remember hearing a story about when Sports Illustrated ranked Iona when he was coaching there as, as a top 25 team. And it was, I think the first time in Iona history that they broke in. And so he gets to Sports Illustrated and he goes down to the track where, you know, they're in the middle of practice and runs around the track, holding the magazine in the air. <laughs> I mean, this guy was just, I mean, he was, he was just so great. And yet he's just this, um, as he would say it, you know, he had this big personality and just so, so wonderful to be around, just energetic. And then you compare him to a guy like Belichick, who you look at his interviews after games and you look at his personality and it's just really close to the cuff and it's not particularly warm and engaging. He's not going to win any popularity contests, but what he did and the dynasty he built and and the decisions he made i mean he made a lot of decisions that if he didn't win he would have gotten crucified for and and even you know even letting brady go i mean there's a lot of you know of bostonites that probably deem that the, the greatest fail in, in in sports history when he goes and wins a you know championship somewhere else but that's Belichick. It's always about the team. No one player is bigger than the team.
1: Justin, my lasting image of Valvano was running around the court like a chicken with its head cut off after they won the national championship. I believe Derek <laughs> Wittenberg and Lorenzo Charles, North Carolina State, yeah. beating uh, Phi Slam Jamma, and he's running around looking for somebody to hug. And I, I thought that was interesting. Like, he was beloved – why weren't any of the guys finding him to give him a big hug? You remember, he's running around the court. He's all alone. He, somebody hug me. Somebody give me some love.
3: It's, it's you know, it'll go down as one of the saddest stories in sports history. But, yeah, I guy's running around looking for someone to hug. And, you know, I think everyone was so shocked by the end of that game. You know, that run they went on, that NC State team, their nicknames were the Cardiac Kids because they won every game by two or three points. So – I think everyone was shocked when they won. Maybe except them, but nonetheless, they—I don't know—that they knew they didn't expect to be there, so they didn't know how to carry themselves.
1: Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you
3: know, it,
0: it, it's interesting. You know, for all the great coaches that we're talking about, you—if you, you—you know, dig down deep, you know, all these guys that may have—you uh, may have all those intangibles. You know, the great personality, maybe motivating. Uh, you know, just maybe cut from a from the same cloth. All the guys that have been hired as 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 professional coaches that appeared to have that same kind of magic. There's just as many, if not more, that are just plain terrible coaches. I mean, you know, you know, Urban Meyer, I guess, you know, on paper seemed like a pretty good idea uh, for the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, but the guy, you know, ate a big bag of crap when he was in that job. So, yes. you know, what separates the great coach? What separates the great coaches from the really horrible
1: ones?
3: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of times it does come down to decisions. I don't think anyone, anyone feels like Urban Meyer is not a technically good coach. and He's in the book. Um, he accomplished a lot at a, a number of different places. But at the end of the day, I think like we learn in sports and maybe anything in life, you have to be better than your problems. And if Jacksonville went 14-2 you know, and two and made it to the uh, AFC Championship, they're going to overlook a lot of the nonsense that he did. But when you go, you know, two and fourteen or three and thirteen, whatever they went, and you are problematic, um, that, that's not going to go far. So I think, I think the greatest coaches, what, what the difference is, is not only their, I guess you know what, it's, it's their ability to win because winning cures a lot of pain and suffering. It allows you to be blinded by many a problems. You know, we, we can we can look at many a coaches that were. Just not great human beings and maybe questionable morale and character, but their ability to win made it all okay.
1: You know, you know, what's interesting, Justin, is some of the best players never became great coaches. Guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, they tried to do it. Pete Rose attempted to be a manager, greatest hitter in baseball history, arguably, couldn't do it. Mike Vrabel who is a disciple of Bill Belichick's, has sort of broken yeah. that mold with the Tennessee Titans because he was a great player, and he's a pretty damn good coach as well.
3: Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and we start to look at many of these, these remarkable athletes, I mean, Hall of Famers in their respective sports, that just can't get it. And I think that what you have to look at is it's not just a technical understanding of the game. I mean, you have to have that. And I think a lot of the players do. I don't think you're going to be great at any sport unless you understand the game, but it's also having this ability to lead a team, right? To get something greater out of a group of individuals, to teach people how to play together, to solve problems, to build culture. These are things that as a player, you know, you just got to put your head down, throw a ball or, or, hit a pitch. You don't have to worry about the team culture, unless maybe you're a leader, but, but that's usually left for someone else. So, is a great example. He's reached a a tremendous level of success in a very short time period. For what I think most people would say is, not a remarkably talented team. I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, a a Patriots team where there's, outside of a Brady, there's no remarkable star. I mean, sure, you have Derrick Henry and and, and a couple of really great players, but he just found a group of guys that play together, that play hard, that that don't make mistakes. And I think that um, what makes him so great is, not only does he know the game well because he learned it from Belichick and uh, playing there, but but also he has this ability just to just to bring people together to to, to give it all every single Sunday, and that goes a long way.
0: I think what al- what also helps too, it, it, you know, cement someone's greatness from you know mediocrity is uh, their ability to learn from mistakes and failures. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick. You know, I know we were kind of focusing on him, but this is a perfectly good example. When he was a head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he was practically run out of that town for benching Bernie Kosar.
2: Right.
0: You know, the 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 great coaches are the ones that learn from previous experience, and by the time they're ready to really emerge as great coaches, you know, they take advantage of that that wealth of of experience. And turn it into and, and, into something magical. Belichick is an example, and there's probably like 15 other guys that I, that that I'm thinking that uh, you know, experience the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. How long did Belichick spend as coach of the Jets? Was that like 24 hours That's, or 15 one, minutes? One,
3: one, one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah <and laughs> what's funny about Belichick, and what's great about this book, is you're reminded of of, of where history could have gone completely wrong. I mean, let's call it spade a spade. Belichick was a joke in the beginning of his career. I mean, you're talking about a guy that accepts an offer to be the head coach of the Jets, and on a scribbled piece of paper, he (laughs) resigns the next day? I mean, tell me one other coach that's done that. And so, had he not won, you look back at that moment, and you say, what a waste, right? And so, Belichick, but for the success he had in in New England, would go down in history as one of the greatest fools in coaching history. Mm -hmm. And so, that I think was special about this book you get all the stories of the guys that you know and you love. You also get a lot of stories about coaches in their respective sports that you don't know. You don't know these hidden stories. But then as you dive into the Belichick story, you get this background of, of where he came from, and it makes it even almost more remarkable that he did what he did with New England because the tea leaves were certainly not, um, were not sending the signs that he was going to be a great coach early in his career between his time in, at Cleveland and, uh, and for the Jets.
0: The, uh, the name of the book is Coach, the Greatest Teachers in Sports and Their Lessons for Us All. Justin Spitzman, great to talk to you. Best of luck with the book. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, 823 with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. It's 825 with Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 on Rock 102. Steve is uh, is off today, hopefully back uh, tomorrow.
1: We'll get everything back on track again. All right, highs in the 40s today, highs near 50 or even 60 for tomorrow you know that was a great interview with the author Justin Spisman about the coaches and one last footnote on Mike Vrabel Uh, I talked with the guy who does the play-by-play for the Tennessee Titans when I was doing an interview on Laser a few weeks ago and his theory about Vrabel is that simply he grew up in a coaching family his father was a well-known and successful coach so he had that part of the business down the whole Culture of coaching was ingrained in him at an early age.
0: Well, you know, I mean, we've and we've talked you know, along for years about how uh, the assistant coaches under Bill Belichick, for the most part, right. have all been failures. Yeah, because
2: yeah,
0: you know, un, unless I mean, anyone can understand how to run an offense or run a defense or special teams or you know, you're you're the quarterbacks coach or whatever. But when you're it, when it comes right down to allowing yourself the ability to let all your other coaches do their jobs and right. have a good plan going in not all these guys are head coach
1: material well and hopefully we you mentioned it how guys have their failures sometimes and then use that to inform the next portion of their career hopefully Josh McDaniels is like that yeah. with his next job because i think he does have what it takes even though he failed once
0: yeah and and you know, again i mean i remember uh, being uh, working with fans of the of the Cleveland Browns, yeah, back when Belichick was the head coach, oh yeah, and they hated the guy, yeah, for having the audacity to bench the beloved Bernie Kosar <laughs> and I, his I mean, wonderful it, throwing style. I, I, yeah, it was wonderful, you know, fluid, flow, flowing <laughs> style. <laughs> yeah. and if you thought that Tom Brady was stiff, right? <laughs> Bernie Kosar had feet of stone. Oh, yeah. He, that guy couldn't move worth a damn, and he was benched, even though they loved him. Bill Belichick had the uh, had the stones to do that, and mm-hmm. they, they drove him right out of town for yeah, doing yeah. it. It's uh, eight, almost 828. We have news next to Rock 102. 831 with Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 and Rock 102. Uh, it's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Uh, filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs.
1: Chicopee front and center about some jobs that are opening up. The retirement of Joe Wagner, announced yesterday, opens up the Chicopee Statehouse seat. Wagner has held for 31 years. Many people are interested, including Shane Brooks, the Ward 2 city councilor, who said, quote, hey, that's something that, quote, piques my interest, end quote.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, if you can get past the idea of traveling to Boston every day, yeah. uh, right. it's not such a bad gig.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you get a residence there as well, do you not? I don't... Some uh, form of residence. I don't know
0: uh, specifically what, like, a uh, Angelo Pupolo does or... You know, some of the other state, r- I don't know what, you know, uh, what Eric Lesser does. i mean, they give me a
1: Motel 6 for you know, that week or I, something I, like I, that.
0: I, I guess. I mean, I don't know if they, uh, if they, uh, they slumber together in like a, like a, you know, like a dormitory or a, a frat house. Sure. But uh, yeah, 31 years, man. That's a, that's a
1: good damn long time. So congratulations to Joe. The police chief search in Chicopee, which had been on pause after two candidates dropped out, will resume with the two remaining officers vying for the top job. The search had begun last October after the Chicopee Police Chief, William Jeb, retired. So now we're back up and running with that job search officially.
0: There you go. They go on uh, monster.com or uh, what In, was it? Indeed. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wonder if they use those uh, those services.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. There's a lot of them out there now. These Because look- Nobody wants to work. It seems yeah, there's I know. lots of jobs open, and nobody wants the positions anymore. Yeah, nobody wants to be a police chief anymore. Mm. I much rather work from mm. home. Boy, that's a tough one. Harvard professor Danielle Allen doesn't want to be governor of Massachusetts anymore. She dropped out of the Democratic race to replace Charlie Baker. It was a surprise announcement, just hours after she had briefed Mass Live on her platform for bringing east-west rail to fruition, Mm. and for closing racial disparities, among other priorities. So she had just made a big speech, MassLive.com had printed it, and then she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm out. You know, uh, we
0: mentioned this before, and uh, there is something to be said about this. You know what a tenured professor makes at an everyday, run-of-the-mill college? Right. We're not even talking Harvard here, right? No, not even talking Harvard. Yeah. (laughs) $141,000. That is the average tenured professor's salary in any other college in America. Now, wow. you have to believe that if you are a tenured professor mm-hmm. at Harvard and you wear <laughs> your Harvard
1: tie, like, oh, sure, they went to Harvard. Yeah, you're not staying at a Motel 6 over there in Cambridge probably, right? You're probably making a little bit more mm-hmm.
0: than 141 bills a year. Right. And so compared to the headaches and the fact that uh, you don't get your summers off That's a better job than being the governor of Massachusetts. (laughs) It's not a lateral move. It's actually, I
1: think, in my opinion, a step down. So I I wouldn't leave a
0: tenured position
1: either. So you're saying she came to her senses in a way. She had an epiphany, perhaps.
0: Yes. I mean, just to see if I can expand my search. Uh, Pay of tenured professor of Ivy League... Yeah, of uh,
1: Ivy League College. And while you're doing that, she was the second candidate to bow out of the Democratic race for governor of the Bay State, by the right. way, with uh, Ben Downing dropping out in late December due to a lack of financial resources. Mm.
0: Okay, so uh, get a load of this. Yeah, so uh, in at Princeton, for example, mm-hmm. your uh, pay as a tenured professor is about $213,000 a year. Uh, It seems to me that I would stay put. Yeah, I could make you on on that, I think. Absolutely. And forget Mm -hmm. all about this happy horse crap about being the governor of Massachusetts. Ah, Harvard, $226,000 every year. There you go. And you want to be the governor of Massachusetts? Are you you tired of making so much money? Well,
1: maybe she ran out of that money and realized, you know what? I'm spending all my money. I may not win. That's the big part of the equation to me. You yeah, you you're, you're spending a lot of money to run for office. If you don't win, that money's gone, right? Yeah,
0: and you know, I mean, okay, let's say you're um you're a professor at uh, and not I mean, I'm not uh, you know uh, you know mocking the school. But let's just say that you're a tenured professor at Bridgewater State College, gotcha. okay? Mm-hmm. You're probably making that 140, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe being a governor is a, is a little bit better. It ain't going to get better. If you're a tenured professor at Harvard making two hundred twenty-six thousand dollars a year, it might look better on a resume if you're, you know, uh, at uh, at Bridgewater or say uh, Fitchburg State. Sure, ain't uh, gonna help you on the resume. You lo- Lowell. You're right. Mm-hmm. It, 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 ain't, it ain't gonna look any better on the your, your LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. that you were governor. Big whoop. Westfield State. Nothing wrong with Westfield exactly State. Exactly right. Nothing That's the wrong. point. Nothing wrong with Lowell. Lowell is a beautiful campus surrounded by hellacious urban decay.
1: (laughs) With Danielle Allen now out of the race, that leaves two Democrats vying for governor. It's Attorney General Maura Healey, who is considered to be the odds-on favorite, and State Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz. There are two Republicans also running for governor, former State Rep Jeff Deal and Rentham business owner Chris Doughty.
0: We've been uh, talking around the office about putting like an office pool, like a bracket competition, on this governor's race. Good idea. Yeah, right now, uh, Maura Healy is the number one seed. Could be tough to beat. It's our, uh, you know, once we get past uh, March Madness, then we thought talk, start talking about November Madness. Same amount of madness, and the payouts
1: not as good. Speaking of sports, the former CFO of the Boston Grand Prix, sentenced Tuesday, federal court in Boston, John Casey. The 58-year-old, formerly from Ipswich, pleading guilty to 23 counts of wire fraud, Mm -hmm. three counts of aggravated identity theft, four counts of money laundering, and three counts of filing false tax returns. Casey had submitted at least 14 loan applications that contained false information and had stolen the identities of two women and used their personal identifying information to file those fraudulent applications.
0: You know, I have uh, have never really figured out how someone who is interested in defrauding people gets away with it. I just don't have that kind of creativity in my head. I mean, I would love to be able to screw people.
1: Yeah. I just don't have it in me. Uh, same for me with cheating on your spouse. I don't know how you keep it straight. Okay, I got my marriage over here, and then I've got this girlfriend over here, maybe more than one, who knows. Mm. How do you keep all that stuff straight, even if you get away with it? It's got to be simply mind-boggling for your brain
0: cheating on your taxes
1: yeah you know in theory that sounds so
0: good it mm-hmm. sounds like the like the right thing to do mm-hmm. like the irs doesn't need all that money and they don't need <laughs> all that money from you and yet for whatever reason they don't let you get away with it
1: yeah you always get caught don't you
0: well i don't always get caught Ooh, knock on wood i'm just saying that uh, there just seems to be I don't know, like a flaw in the system that allow, that doesn't allow you to get away with the good stuff.
1: Well, speaking of the good stuff, for John Casey, the former chief financial officer of the Boston Grand Prix, he used a lot of the money for interesting purposes. Are you ready? I'm ready. He bought a three-carat diamond ring, a six-month membership to Match.com. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Some private school tuition, residential rent payments, living expenses, payments on personal credit card accounts, restaurant meals, car payments, and stays at luxury hotels.
0: <sighs> we mentioned this before, and I'm I'm still hung up on this. Uh, Three-carat diamond ring and a six-month Match.com membership. Yeah. That is awfully ambitious. Yeah. What you think... I only going to need 6 months to find a woman on match.com deserving of a 3 carat diamond ring. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. You're not, you not mean you be uh, you sweat you be searching that website forever be finding before you find someone who's even worth a carat and a half.
1: I don't know. Bax. I have some experience with match.com and I can say that, you know, it just depends on what you put into your search and How many different uh, requirements you have. I think... Dave, have you
0: seen a single woman on Mm Match.com that you can say is three-carat worthy? Yes.
1: Get out of town. Now, they may be fakes that Match.com plants in there to seed men's interest in the whole process. I I don't know, but yeah. I think you're pulling my leg. I'm going to show you some pictures after the show is over. Yes. And you're going to say three-carat worthy? Yes. Again... Based on the photographs and the descriptions, until you meet said person, you don't know for sure.
0: I know, but this this guy is doing a preemptive strike. Like, he's got the ring ready to go. Mm-hmm. And thinks he's going to meet a three-carat-worthy woman on Match.com after only six months? Backst- to me, that's a—that's at
1: least a three-year plan. You're not considering the timeline here. Maybe he already met the person when he purchased the ring. Maybe he'd been on for five of those six months and had found the love of his life and was getting ready to reward her with said diamond ring. Uh,
0: I, I still think that takes an awful lot of ambition, and I am not buying it, frankly.
1: Well, good luck to John Casey in jail. Yeah, he's going to need it. Right. Maybe that diamond ring will come in handy there. Speaking of money, Wallet Hub has released a list of towns and cities in the U.S. where the people manage their money, the best and the worst. And one Massachusetts town has made the list on the top side. Lexington, number 10 overall nationwide in managing money. Congratulations, to the fine residents of Lexington. Speaking of uh money
0: management, mm-hmm. have you seen the uh, the commercial lately? It's uh it's a it's a it's a commercial geared towards people who are like uh you know, social security age and it's got uh, Jimmy Walker as the uh, as the pitch man. Dino my. Yeah, Jimmy J.J. Walker. Gotcha. You know, who who now is in his sixties and yep. is probably you know good for like Medicare coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's necessarily the right guy and his presentation is suspicious <laughs> because when he says the word money, now this is Jimmy Walker now, mm-hmm. a wildly successful comedic actor from good times back in the seventies. He doesn't say the word money. He says it,
1: pronounces it money. That um, creeps me out, man. It, it, it creeps, creeps me, it creeps me the hell out. Creeps you out, but maybe the target demo for the fee- people that they're seeking to if, buy into those services are like, hey, all right, yeah, if Jimmy Walker says
0: it, then it right. must be true. Yeah, and he does say dynamite, which means the company that hired him paid specifically for him to say dynamite because he won't say it unless he's paid. Yeah, but if you're pitching the sp- if you're the spokesperson for a financial uh, organization. And that guy is pronouncing money like money, like it's like a, like this greedy, you know, hand wringing type of proposition. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think, hey, could we maybe tone it down on the uh, on the money
1: uh, pronunciation because you're creeping everybody out. Hey, maybe they're having great success with that campaign for all you I, know.
0: I, I can't imagine anyone's buying into it. You're not the target. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a few years away from being from a target, but yet even, even in my... Golden years. I'm not so sure. I'm buying it. If uh, if Jimmy Walker saying that I could be saving money. I'm like, nah, I don't think so, Jimmy. <laughs> Loved you in the show. And but no, no.
1: Getting back to the rest of the list of towns with good and bad money management skills. As I said, Lexington tenth overall nationwide. Scarsdale number one in New York. Willis, Texas. You're talking about Willis. Dead last. You know, Ranked uh, over 2,500 among the cities who were studied. Lexington,
0: Concord, you mm-hmm. know, that part of the uh, the Boston area. I mm-hmm. will <laughs> tell you, those are beautiful towns. Mm-hmm. Chances are, in order to live in a town like Lexington,
1: you got to be pretty good with your money. <laughs> uh, Springfield, apparently not so good with their money. Ranked. One thousand three hundred and forty-fifth overall. Uh,
0: plenty, plenty of move, move through. Remember, plenty of room
1: to grow. Well, and that's only about halfway down the list. So apparently, yeah. you could look at you know the bright side or the dark side of that particular statistic.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, you know we we're all in different situations here in Springfield. I'm sure there are some of us that have no problem with our money, and I'm sure some of us who are you know pushing carts of tin cans to the nearest
1: uh, to the nearest <laughs>
0: bottle dispensary.
1: Yeah. Uh my credit score is okay. That's and good. Some of some of the other metrics they used in the study included the rate of late payment, late payments for loans and things like that. So, I'm pretty good at that too.
0: Yeah. No, they get you. They you know they they it, it's amazing what a, what a detailed uh credit report will show you. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's a late payment, they they will show it and it's tracked and that hurts you.
1: Uh Chelsea Alston Probably not so good at managing money or any of the rest of the aspects of her life. She was involved in maybe the weirdest police chase in recent memory. So she's 32 and she gets arrested while tooling around the Orlando airport on a motorized suitcase. I've never even seen one of these in action. I would love to see one of these motorized suitcases. Have you seen them in airports or not? can't say I have. So anyway, she's riding her motorized suitcase, and this happened in April. We're just learning about this now because of the release of some chest cam video footage from one of the police officers involved in the chase. So she's trying to fly from Orlando to New York. She pulls up at the gate on her motorized suitcase— And she was hammered (laughs) and had an empty beer in her hand as well. Okay. At least she wasn't littering. So they they wouldn't let her fly. Good move by the folks at the airline. And then a cop on a bicycle pulls up and gets involved and was very patient with her, explaining, you know, you, you can't fly while you're that drunk. And here's what unfolded.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's their policy. You just can't be that intoxicated when you fly in a plane, okay?
2: I'm not that intoxicated.
0: Okay, Chelsea. <laughs> just, just go to the terminal. Oh, man, that thing kind of goes fast.
1: I think I'm faster, but... A bike pursuing a suitcase in a minute. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Chelsea, I'll race you. I'm on a Chelsea. vehicle.
2: I'm to Chelsea, get look at me. Sober. Chelsea, she's gone. She's gone.
1: She's, she's, <laughs> she's, she's spitting me. <laughs> Stop spitting. Do not spit. I only spit no, it sure. one time. <laughs> Do not.
2: <laughs> I only spit it one time. <laughs> I only
0: spit one time while I was intoxicated.
1: Yeah, she spit at the police officer on the bicycle. And, man, I would have loved to have been a spectator to see that scene that unfolding. Would have, that would have been good. It's always, oh. always fun to watch a lady who's
0: intoxicated.
1: <laughs> she claimed she wasn't that drunk. She swore at him. She spit at him. And he but just, obviously caught but just up one, to
0: her. But just one time.
1: Uh, Is that such a bad thing? No, no, more than once. Uh, he arrested her, and then she spit a second time and hit him in the eye. Just one time, though. She didn't realize there were two or three other times. And then, of course, she got put into the cop car where she caused $1,200 in damage to the interior of that car because she defecated inside the police car.
0: And dudes, good news, she's single and waiting (laughs) for a three-carat ring.
1: Head to Match.com and get her done before somebody else does. Highs in the 40s today, mid to high 50s tomorrow and Friday. We're about 20 right now in East Long Meadow. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve.
0: Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 856 and ACDC in Rock 102.
1: 23 degrees here in East Long Meadow. Heading up to highs in the low to mid 40s today. The 50s tomorrow, maybe even 60 tomorrow Mm. or Friday. We'll see.
0: So uh, today is uh, my third wedding anniversary. Hey, congrats! Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, we we went out to dinner to celebrate Valentine's Day mm-hmm. at the Munich House. Split the schnitzel platter. Okay. Oh my lord, so good! What you? So, well, good. I'm
1: surprised you splitting anything there. I thought you had a bigger appetite yeah, than that. Good that, going.
0: But that that schnitzel platter oh, is, is like is like the, like the the. Fred Flintstone flip over your car type of brontosaurus burger gotcha. type of, uh, type of size. So okay. you, know, you can split a uh, you can split a schnitzel platter and be stuffed to the gills. And I was
1: split a schnitzel. By the way, something that sounds dirty, but isn't.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's not dirty. At- well, I mean, if you got the gravy all over you, and you know, frankly, sometimes I'd like to rub my face into it too. But uh, but you know, tonight it's uh, it's the anniversary, and we have not really decided what we're gonna do. Oh, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, well, what do you do?
1: Yeah, and I, and I uh, we still have to discuss it. Well, isn't there some sort of um primer online for the types of gifts or celebrations that are appropriate for what number did you say it was? 3. For your 3rd so, anniversary.
0: So the the uh, traditional gift is the gift of leather? Ooh, hey no. Uh yeah, but you know I I I literally just bought her something that was made of leather for like Christmas.
1: But if she bought you something made of
0: leather? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Going like, the other way, what like a pair of shoes or a shoe, half a <laughs> shoe, or a wallet? Yeah, that would be fine. And then the other one is crystal. Okay. The uh, the modern gift is is crystal. Now, when it comes to and when it comes to gift giving, I you know, I I I rack my brains and I'm terrible at yeah, it. Yeah, me too. So you know, it, when it comes to like you know anniversary uh, gifts, if I if I if I use that those guides Mm -hmm. uh, as a measure of what to get i feel like i'm doing okay i feel like okay i'm on the on the right ballpark here you know because if i if i if i go to say like i don't know uh uh, like an auto zone. I come back home with a can of Simonize, you know, or like uh, some 30 weight. You know, I don't know she's going to have the same appreciation for that. Not a lot of romance in that. No, it's not a lot of, ro- it's not a romantic gift. Here, honey, I got your replacement washer, you know, windshield wipers. Well, uh, practicality is practical, important, right? right? Yeah. Practical, and sure. you know, what uh, What woman doesn't uh, think uh, she married the greatest man ever? If she gets
1: new wash, uh, you know, wipers. For her car. And you don't want to make a mistake with the crystal. You don't want to bring home some woman named Crystal, crystal that you right. met somewhere. Or
0: or say I've uh I've hired Crystal Gale to sing uh to us tonight. Don't and it
1: make your brown eyes blue? Yeah, Love no, it. Yeah, That's romantic. It is romantic,
0: but you know, then you're stuck with having Crystal Gale hover over your table all night. And she's a nice lady and everything, but yeah, I got nothing
1: in common <laughs> with Crystal could Gale. Be worse could be Jimmy Walker hovering over your table yeah, talking yeah. about Monday. Yeah, give you the money.
0: Oh, it's such a creepy ad, man! It's like if I were if I were this company, I would really think I'd I'd really have to tell him, hey, could we recut this <laughs> and could you not say many? It's like it sounds like you're just a greedy little bastard. No one wants no one wants that many. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking. I about. I have not. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta start watching. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, TV. and you'll and you'll see it, and it's terrible. Okay. Oh my god. He has to stop. Someone must make him stop.
1: So your anniversary tonight yep. and bottom line is, I mean, you, you still gotta come up with an idea. Huh? Is that I, what yeah, you're saying?
0: I'm I'll, we'll we'll figure it All out. Right. We'll All you right. know d- 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 we'll be fine. We'll d- we'll, f- we'll figure it out together. But right. yeah, that's uh I don't know if I can really handle two schnitzel platters in a week. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong, I love the schnitzel platter, but twice in a week, <laughs> Ooh, I'm not sure. My heart can survive. It's nine o'clock on Rock One O Two.